Hello, my wonderful fans. I am your star. Oh, wait, I was just dreaming it. Or was I? Anyways, the boys are talking about the 2001 film Mulholland Drive, directed by David Lynch, because they are still doing David Lynch Month, and it is the last one. The movie stars Naomi Watts, Laura Herring, and Justin Theroux. The movie is about after a car wreck on the winding Mulholland Drive, renders a woman amnesiac. She and a perky Hollywood hopeful search for clues and answers across Los Angeles in a twisting venture beyond dreams and reality. So sit back and listen to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. No! Magnets, how do they? Everybody, it is October 24, 2023 at 10.06 p.m. And I fucked up on the episodes, by the way. So it's episode 262. Uh, reason why is like one of the episodes we did like a double feature. And when I was fucking numbering all the episodes, I was like back an episode. So it's actually 262 this time. So uh, and we have a miracle here because remember, Chaz was dead. He was gone, and now we rose him from the dead. No, it's not Easter, and he ain't Jesus Christ, and <laughs> he's back. Welcome back, Chaz, and uh, I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I have yes. returned. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, we still don't know which order to do it in. Nailed it! <laughs> and we got Zach. He's here, too. Yeah, I'm here. Yep. <laughs> he lurks. Uh, I didn't die. I didn't pay my taxes, and Dubs turned me in. Yep. Fucking knock. I, I I had a few contacts at my old IRS job, and I was like, "This guy needs to go. He needs to pay his taxes. <laughs> taxes are bad." Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we're finishing David Lynch month with Mulholland Drive. Uh, probably. W- would you say this is like a polarizing film? Like there are people that are just like, "What the fuck is this?" And the other people are like, "Oh, I get what he's doing." Not. Really, it doesn't seem like to me. It seems like this is one of his more liked ones. Really? Okay. Yes. The, the part of that is, um, I, I think a, a lot of people just steer clear of this movie because they know they won't like it, maybe. But the people who see it tend to really enjoy it, yes. Okay. Like, honestly, even even apart from... Uh, Apart from, oh, it's confusing. Oh, who she changes characters? What the hell, man? Even besides that, it's just a well-made movie, and it's interesting, and it's well shot. And it's just like, like I don't know, if you muted it and watched it, I feel like you could be like, oh, this, is a, this is an interesting-looking movie. I like what I'm looking at. <laughs> like, you could put it on when you go to work, and your pets will like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess if you had it muted, like you could literally, literally see the plot. Because there were points where uh, there was no dialogue and you kind of knew what was going on. Like, uh, you know, when she's looking at the money coming out of the bag 
and like Naomi Watts character is like whole oh, money and the other one's like confused like why the fuck do I have this money like you have those scenes like that uh so yeah I mean I, I'm gonna say it off right right off the bat I like this movie uh just because it unfolds like a mystery and a twilight zone episode all in one yes, uh, this is also a detective neo-noir nonsense movie yeah maybe much like neo-noir shit mm-hmm. uh and i'm just gonna warn you guys uh i will be giving and I, I know a lot of people are like just like david lynch and his art stop trying to find meaning i watched twin perfects uh theories as what was going on and i'll throw some things at you guys when we get to that point um so i guess let's get into the highs and lows of this movie you were just bringing up andy that the the shots are amazing um i kind of like the themes a little bit obviously the themes is with hollywood with desire and reality yeah film guys love to make movies about film guys <laughs> everyone spielberg tarantino everyone they've got like movies about making movies mm-hmm. uh naomi, naomi watts is in this movie and you see her boobies so that's a plus i was gonna bring that up too i was like what is the person because zach you brought up like there's a lot of people that love this movie and i'm just like what's the percentage of people liking naomi watts's tits just that alone over the movie not uh, laura probably. herring's tits either you're you're just totally yeah, what the hell? Her. she yeah, has the better set that is true and she's not is she in other like big films because i looked at her uh imdb and she does like a lot of like law and order uh like all general hospital i saw (laughs) all her photos are her on the cover of magazines that's strange yeah she was miss texas usa 1985 wow so there you go there you go yeehaw so Andy, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you. Like, what's your highs and lows of this movie? Um, I, I've talked about this a little bit on our previous episodes, so I'll try not to retread my own ground too much. But I like that David Lynch likes to get you in a headspace when you're watching this stuff. And this movie, I think, might be the best job he does of that. It's either this or Lost Highway, where it's, it's kind of like. I don't know, it, it's hard to describe a little bit, but he he uh, is very good at keeping a, a the tone in in a certain David Lynch ballpark. Also, it's just like I said, it's well shot, it's well acted. Um, now I keep you guessing. Like I, I like no, I like noir, I like neo noir, I like detective fiction, I like stuff like that. I like not knowing what's going on and discovering with the characters. So I, I like stuff like that. Okay. Chaz, uh, not Chaz, uh, we'll get to you last because I want to. Zach, what's your highs and lows of this movie? <clears throat> um, it's, honestly, it's just a lot of the stuff Andy already went over. Um, Is there know. a specific scene that you want to get into? <sighs> There's a there's a yeah, lot. You're, there's a you're lot. on the mound. Throw throw a pitch. <laughs> Everyone's waiting until I throw the first bullet, and then they're like, "No, this movie's good because of this," and then we'll unfold. Don't worry, we're getting there. Yeah, we're climbing the mountain, the roller coaster of me getting ready to just throw flames. Well, obviously, uh, I've quoted the the cowboy scene when he meets the cowboy. That's like the thing that sticks out, I think, the most in this movie. That's that always been one of my favorite scenes. It's so fucking weird, and I, and I love it. <laughs> it is so David Lynch. 100 like it it is 
most Damon Lynch of any part of the movie, I think. It's like super. No, no, the scenes where it shows like the guy in the the room, like the office room, the this, the massive room, and he's yeah. sitting in a chair in the back, and he just and it just it's that same exact scene each time, and yeah. to give you like this like the idea of what's happening. Yeah, okay, that that's fair. That's that is very David Lynch. <laughs> but uh, like now, just that whole scene is really ominous and strange and shit, and it's like it's not even like nothing bad really happens. She's having a conversation with this guy dressed like a cowboy, and he doesn't even sound menacing or anything. Sounds like a nice guy. He sounds like kind of a normal guy who's not even an actor. <laughs> what is he? Like, what is he to... Is he like some deep state fucking Hollywood person that has power, and he's just like, hey, you're gonna do this film, and you're gonna pick this girl, or else? Kind I think that's, that's one way you can definitely interpret that. that. That's one way you can interpret this movie. That's one, one part of it. He seems more like an enforcer for someone else. Maybe. I don't know. That, that, that's, my, that's my reading of it. <laughs> he, he has come. He's come to tell uh, Adam how it is. I like. Yeah. Oh, I like you, you didn't think he was God? Because I'm pretty sure he's God. No, he's the not. Cowboy? Gone. No. Yeah, because he's. I, I think he's. He's, he's, he's there randomly. Th- he's here in the, on someone's behalf. But he's like there randomly in the background with random stuff uh, during the twist. Whenever uh, Naomi Watts's character unfolds, and you realize the truth. Yeah. Whatever yeah, that is. When they're in a dinner scene, you, just see him, you see him go through the corridor over there. I'm like, hey, what the <laughs> fuck is that cowboy guy doing here? <laughs> there, there, there's several times. There's like the dinner party. He's there in the background. He's, he's like there, but he's not. And I'm t- I was like, is he God? It's one of those. Pi- it's one of those guys that's in the background of every fucking picture where like important people are doing shit. And he's like the guy who's like the really important guy. See. Do you want- <laughs> Do you want Twin Perfect's uh, theory on this? Uh, well, I guess we can... Do you want to do all that in, like, one segment, or do you want to just do it as we go? Yeah, you, I, you, you want to have... You want I'll that first, or you want mine first? Oh, I, let me just cherry-pick the cowboy for a, for a second. His theory, sure. because... We'll get into other characters, but he thinks, like, the embodiment of certain characters in this movie is related to a certain thing. So with the cowboy, he's the literal golden age of Hollywood. <laughs> that's that's his theory that everything that goes through Hollywood goes through the cowboy, and that's how he sees it. You know what? I, I kind of yeah okay. I, I, I that's that's the way I see the cowboy. I don't think the cowboy is like a guy. I don't think he's like you know Daryl who lives down the street and dresses like a cowboy because he, he's weird. I he think is he really is a force, a power, or something. He represents I, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, okay, when you said forcer, I thought you said enforcer. Like, no, I enforcer, do still mean mafia. that. Too. I still think he's there on behalf of someone or something else. But you also mean like his, his presence is something else bigger. He's bigger than himself in terms of what the character is. Is that kind yeah. of that's the way I took it? To me, I to me he represents an idea. Um, yeah, and the other thing I really like about this movie is the um, the what I'm going to call the the veneer plot. Which is uh the, these two pretty girls, these two pretty nosy girls get into a weird detective story because <laughs> David Lynch loves that shit. Yep, <laughs> yep. And, I was uh, watching it. And I was like, this is yeah, this is a uh, girl from pick your small town in the middle of fucking nowhere, wherever, who's just naive about everything, who's suddenly also very curious about mysteries. 
Um, I, I know, I know we were still trying to run it down and get to Chaz, but you guys were talking about, oh, this, this scene represents David Lynch. It's very menacing. It's very strange and everything. Whenever I think about Mulholland Drive without wanting to, without meaning to, I always think about the same scene and it's one of the scenes that fits the, the loosest, the worst into the rest of it. But I was thinking about the two guys toward the beginning of the movie who are meeting in what's the name of the diner? Oh, Winkies. Winkies. Oh, man. Oh, God damn it. Oh, yes. When the Booga Booga Hobo jumps out at the end. Yeah, and he tells him about yeah. his dream. He says, you're here and you look scared. And then I realize why you're, why you're scared. And then we go out and then the scariest guy I've ever seen is, is out here. He says, well, let's go out there and then, then you'll feel better. And then he doesn't feel better. He I does. always think about that scene. And honestly, when I watch this movie, I think about that scene every other scene i'm always like they gotta explain this they gotta explain it and he comes back later and he's holding the box and i'm still like nope i'm not getting any answers i'm not getting my answers yeah uh, everyone else is wrapped up in you know the, the two heroines or in adam's story or even with like the cowboy or whatever i'm thinking about that all the time and i don't know why that scene just got in the back of my head sometime in college and it's been there ever since that's one of the that's one of the scary scenes ever and it's funny because like they set it up and he's just like, it's going to happen. It's he's coming. Happen. The way they shoot it, it's it like you know he's going to pop out. It even does that thing I normally hate where it plays <laughs> a loud music sting when the scary thing happens, which is, you know, usually pretty lazy filmmaking, but I, I kind of forgive it here because it, it needs that punch. It needs to be the scariest guy you've ever seen or it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that scene is always just right there. Oh, I yeah. think about it when I'm watching other David Lynch movies sometimes. I just think about it randomly sometimes. I love that scene. It's fucking great. <laughs> it's a weird one. Uh, all right. Chaz, I want your hot take on this film. All right. So I'm, I'm going to start with a couple of things. So just lay it out. I know you guys missed me in making our the show last probably at least 50% longer than normal. So <laughs> that's, I'm, that's I'm the math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. All right. The mouth is back, baby. All right. So no, we're going to rein you in a little bit. Oh, you rain? Well, no, not on this one. I'm ready. You can rain me in later. I, I've got a lot to say. No Pokemon card <laughs> talk. You cannot talk. You cannot say a goddamn word about Pokemon. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you can't beat me unless you're wearing a cowboy hat. I think that's the rule here. I but... got one. Remember, I dressed up as Terry Funk. That's for true. That's true. For audio listeners, by the way, Andy muted. <laughs> Manually muted in yeah. StreamYard, yes. Yeah. A very hacky joke. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm getting silenced here, but all right. So to make sure that I understand the movie, because I think that's part of it, is making sure that I I was kind of clear on what happened. Because mm-hmm. this is to be fair, this is the first time I've watched this movie. Uh, I don't think anyone's clear on what happens in this movie. So perfect. He knows everything. You're following your again. I watch. I watched it right at like almost like I've watched like the last third of Blue Velvet, and then immediately watched this. Which was kind of oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it, it starts like this. Okay. Yes, there's some odd stuff happening, but it feels very David Lynchian. It is again. Uh, you said the same thing in terms of how he. I love the way he directs. I'm going to say this about other stuff when I, I give my my other takes later to kind of catch up on the other movies. But or have you already? I have. I already. Maybe yeah, depending on how how uh, PP Dubs does it. Yeah. yeah PP Dubs. By the time everybody listens, he, he, you'll get his opinions on those. Yeah, time time's an illusion. Uh, but yes, anyway, 
the thing that Lynch does great is he creates an atmosphere to have someone enveloped in, and you get engaged. I, I will say that. I Every Lynch film I've watched, I feel that way. Even if I end up not liking it by the end of it, I'm at least wanting to figure out what happened by the end of it, especially in these mis- contexts of mystery films. Um, so... The plot itself is straightforward until it just starts to unravel more and more, and then it just takes that complete dive when they randomly have that lesbian scene, which threw me off. I was like, well, I didn't guess that. And then no, 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 of- no, hang on now. That's not when the, the plot twists. It's when they go to where there's no band. That's no, no, hold on. The lesbian, I'm saying I didn't predict that the lesbian scene was going to happen, but then immediately after that, which is where I was getting to, they go see the band, which is why I have the Oh No I Banda, No I Orchestra. And I get it. That is that's that's, when things get fucked. That's actually when the whole story just flips upside down. But the point of that is they're actually telling you right then and there what happened. Everything you just saw, a lot of that was just passing stuff. There's red herrings, a lot of it doesn't matter. You just saw a bunch of nonsense, and really, what this says, all comes to this is a recording. Yeah, this is a recording, and then yeah, so they do all that nonsense. Actually, ironically, this is we are recording this, yeah, uh, but <laughs> uh, but then it, I, what's funny is I made the joke right when they introduce Naomi Watts' character uh, when she comes off the plane and she's talking to that old couple who later on go on that nightmare fuel like crazy acid trip. Uh, Statler and Waldorf <laughs> I, like laugh is weird uh, when she comes out I like made the joke I was like oh this is that classic story innocent girl from nowhere gets chewed up and spit out by the machine in Hollywood and probably kills herself well that's kind of what happened she shows up she goes through the whole machine of uh, the cog machine of uh, Hollywood ends up getting torn apart there you know ends up hiring this person what i what i'm wondering is is that what we're watching is like the final moments before she actually dies and it's like whatever dissociation happens in her brain and that's what we're seeing right before or is it a dream because the first thing you see in the beginning of the movie is she does the jitterbug uh thing and then the second scene is she's going into her pillow right so there's that too yeah Although there's the whole thing where she, she, you know, she again she kills herself, but then like you said, you see the last part where she's laughing, she's in the pillow again. I was a little sad that they didn't actually bring that weird like the way he starts the movie and it has that iTunes vibe, you know, where they're like the iPod commercial where everyone's <laughs> dancing behind the purple. I really wanted that to be at the end because you know that's his whole thing. He likes to be cyclical, starting in the movie the same way it is. Uh, I really wanted it to be that way, but uh, it, it is what it is. Again. The, the actual, like, shot-for-shot shot directing, I think, is really good. Definitely some good bits I enjoyed. There's probably a lot of little clues and little bits and stuff I missed that did seem like they were references to other things, so I'd probably find that really intriguing to hear. That's stuff you guys have already talked about a little bit. What I didn't like about this movie, this is why I feel like, I'll just say the hot take, this is one of the most overrated movies of all time. I just say, like, this movie is, like, looked at it like it's this heavily revered film, and I just think it's pretty mid. But... The reason I feel that way is because it is it is fine to have plot twists. It's fine to pull the rug out from someone and have a message and, and other stuff. And there's other things in the, the film itself that I think are good. What I, I think is unfair with that is that it's one thing to cleverly weave a plot so that you can 
do a rug pull, it's an it's an ass pull whenever you're just going to show someone context that has nothing to do with anything. Although, to be fair, David Lynch does that. He sometimes films things that have nothing to do with anything. I'm aware of that. But to then do things that are just completely fabricated, like, again, the airport scene, why did we need to see that? Like, why, why would there be extra stuff that just makes – or the guy, like, the whole scene with the guy, like, fucking up – and killing the guy for the little black book and then shooting the woman in the ass. And they, like that whole thing doesn't need to even be there at all. And it just happens. And it's uh, funny. It, right, like, individually, right. it's good. But like to actually weave it as a plot, it's like, all okay, right, we this gotta, movie. We talk about that a little bit. You got to stop so we can take. Okay. Take, take me apart piece by piece. So real quick. Um, perfect example. I talked about this last week. There's a lot of people that like, you kind of like, you can watch straight story, elephant man. And then, like, Blue Velvet is kind of, like, the, the turning point. And then Chaz is the perfect example of that person I was talking about where they, they – that's where they stop. Like, doesn't d- doesn't like Mahone Drive. He definitely won't like Inland Empire. He definitely won't like Lost Highway. That's – that's that's he's going to go that way. And then if you see Mulholland Drive, you're like, oh, fuck, that's really interesting and weird. Oh, we'll see more. That, you're on the other path. You're, you need to go check out the other stuff in this thematic trilogy of those three movies. But anyway, um, weird side stuff, including the guys in the diner. Uh, Zach, you said you watched the, the cut scene, right? I did. Did you get anything out of that? Not really. That's Not the really. first time I've seen that too. Okay. Can you tell, can you tell us what the cutscene yeah. is? Yeah. I was gonna say. Um. Well, you remember toward the beginning, uh, there's like a detective. It's played by the guy who's in uh, Jackie Brown, uh, Max Cherry, but it's played by that guy. And uh, at yeah, the beginning, yeah. they're talking about the the two. The car had collided with the limo head on, and they're looking at it, and it's just in his office. And mm-hmm. the guy comes in. And throws a bag on the, the table, and it's got wallets from the two guys in the limo. He says, uh, these are very nice wallets. He says, yeah, hand-stitched Italian leather. They're full of fake credit cards or something. You know, they're, they're really nice. And he tells them this uh, really strange story about a coroner who um, didn't realize a guy was bleeding to death. And then he laughs about it, and the laughter is infectious. And he laughed, and the nurse laughed. And it's just a bizarre story, but it's told in a scene that doesn't have that bizarre Lynch tone. No, <laughs> it feels like, like, like the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's like a post production thing because you can tell like it's not. Uh, at least uh, Zach, did how did you watch this? Do you have this on Blu-ray? Yeah, I've got the Criterion. Criterion. Okay, Blu-ray. that's how I watched it, but it's not, it's not cleaned up like the rest of the movie is. It just kind of looks. Not you know, better than a daily, but worse than the Blu-ray. And um, I don't know if it's a post-production thing or not, but it doesn't match the tone of what else is going on. And I started thinking about it, trying to find spots in the movie that um, kind of tonally jump off of the rails a little bit. And I don't know if there was something to that, but it, it feels, I mean, obviously there's more than one narrative because you, you're it's dealing with the director, Adam, and it's dealing with... Uh, that guy who shoots the guy and steals his black book Joe. and then does all that other stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> then why did he even do that? Like the total fuck up of, oh, I shot that other person. Oh, fuck. I better go over there. And then he fucks that up. And then he tells the guy, Hey, come help me. And the same thing happens. It feels a little <laughs> bit out of pace with what's around it. 
Yeah. So I don't know if there's something to that, but I don't know. This watch, that's what I found myself zeroing in on. Because so, I saw I saw the cutscene, I saw the detective, I saw that guy, and then at the end, Naomi Watts is hiring that guy, we assume, to kill her ex lover. Yeah, like, I watched I watched that scene and then I was like, Well, I can see why they cut that. It doesn't fit in with it anything at all. Fit. Yeah. <laughs> So that the, that's another thing too, that bit where there's that scene immediately after that where that same guy is out like eating. I think he's eating a hot dog, and the girl is walking with him, and she's like tweaked out, and she looks like she just like she once was a very pretty actress, but then she just like so she had some wrong turns happen or whatever. Her headlights are on. She's uh, I'm trying to remember what else. I thought her hair was a little bit longer, but her face was a little dirtier. So I didn't pay much attention to it, but the whole point was she's actually Naomi Watts, right? Like I, that was yeah. my understanding of watching it is that's actually yeah. her, like Betty or or um or whatever or Diane. Diane. Diane is the one you see in the beginning where Camilla goes, I know Diane, and then like they go in that little hunt uh, to that apartment complex, uh, and then when the whole, you know, open up the blue box and the reality happens and. Now Diane is in the 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 house that they found the dead person in, um, and now Betty is the the Winkies waitress now. So it, it's like I'm let's see. I'm gonna go into because when I watched this, I clearly thought of Harvey Weinstein uh, when it came to things because of the Black Book. Um, all the keys that were in that guy's office, uh, the casting couch bu- bullshit. Because remember, Camilla, when they when she's with the director, uh, he, he she's like, I found the shortcut to Hollywood, and the shortcut is to sleep with directors and all that stuff to get ahead. Uh, she literally says, "I found a shortcut yeah. this way," <laughs> and. It, it, it's the theme is desire. Like most uh, actors and actresses, when they want to become an actor, you know the the thing that they do. And you know, I'm going to shoe in Spider Man. Like, remember Spider Man? MJ, she wanted to be an actress and on Broadway, so she was doing waitress jobs in the movie. That's kind of what the embodiment of the Winkies waitress, where she's doing waiting and doing all these auditions and stuff. And she she's living this dream world of her being an actress, like the whole weird audition. By the way, when did when did an audition happen where there's a the the agent, the agent's assistant, the director, which is usually never the case, director being in the room, and then like the 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 production company, like usually that's done in like a an office or something. And then there was also another audition inside of a studio where they had cameras and shit. That wasn't like a movie set. That was an audition that was happening. Um, So like uh, the whole weird, that scene going on. And when, when she was shaking in the theater, I think that was like her waking up, meaning like this dream of Hollywood is like dumb. It's never going to happen. And that's why you see her all, you know, fucking strung out and all that stuff. So this is my problem with this movie. I'm going to sound like I'm just offending everybody that likes this movie. I think this movie thinks it's smarter than it is. This movie's not that hard to figure out. 
Like, I think, like, there's, like, a lot of loose interpretations, and I like a lot of the stuff with Lynch, but I feel like this movie has its head up its own ass. I, I'm sorry. It just kind of is what it is. I, maybe I'm being harsh about it. I'm not even saying that I think it's a bad movie, because it's not. There's great things about this movie. So, it's that's I feel like it's harsh to say that, but coming off and watching it, it's like, yeah, I get it, but, like, I, I like, I don't mind at all to leave a movie feeling unsettled or not having an answer. I don't mind at all watching a movie and having some plot twists. In fact, I love things that challenge me to think about it while I'm watching it. And I don't get it. We've talked about that before. It's why I'm a big Nolan fan, but I feel like you're looking at this the wrong way though, a little bit. Well, and it could be, it could be, I watched it in the wrong vibe. I don't know. I, like a lot of times I watch these movies and I'm like cracked out on fucking Adderall and doing eight other things while I'm trying to take them in. And I'm, and watch like, it by myself. I watched it last last night with Suzanne, and and I'm no longer I'm drug free now. So <laughs> so maybe that's it. I don't I don't know. I mean I, I but I understood the movie. It's not like I'm watching it and I'm going, oh that was confusing and I don't know what happened. Boo! Like, oh, I got yeah. I, that's I, not I, what I, I mean. There's cool stuff. It's just like the next layer to me was well. There's all this superfluous stuff. So I feel like you were just intentionally making stuff happen to try to trick me, which I. Again, feels like you're insulting my intelligence, but I know no. that's not what happened, and that's where I'm wondering. That's why I wanted you guys to fill in the gaps for me to help because there's probably a lot of reference and nuance I'm missing, uh, especially to references to other movies because it does feel like there's a, a big ode to Hollywood in this movie too. And I'm still very interested in watching the other movies I hadn't seen. I want to get to Inland Empire. I hated getting a chance, <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, what I mean by that, I, I feel like you're looking at this the wrong way is like I feel like you're just looking at the we'll call that the first three-fifths of the movie uh that you said was basically like a waste of time more or less well no i don't think i don't think the whole point of it was a waste but there are definitely scenes that like have nothing to do to weave what that narration is or they're like they're almost to intentionally mislead you to think this is anything of a fallacy if that makes sense you don't know for a fact that it's a dream or a hallucination. Or we don't fictional right. retelling. Well, the other thing too is when that and whole even thing if with you the do, box what do you what do you dream about? Because I dream about like shit that actually happens in in my day to day nonsense life. Oh man, if we we don't have enough time to talk about the weird shit I dream of sometimes, but <laughs> that's why I take medicine to not dream. But uh, the blue box though, there is a the whole thing when she opens the box and then goes in. Like, is that Pandora's box? Is that are we not even? Maybe we're not looking at anything that has anything at all to do with the initial part of the movie. Maybe this is like a parallel universe situation where. Sorry, I'm not two a multiverse. But, distinct keys. Oh, that's true. Right, the key looks very different on the other side. So I've, I've taken that into account too. It's just if I'm sticking to the base of what I, I saw directly, I'm like, well, was I just being intentionally tricked? Which I don't like. Oh, but again, it, it's one of those it things. That wants like, to be a second view. Maybe I'm like by things your differently. own admission, you didn't let yourself get wrapped up in this movie, and you think it was just trying to trick you maliciously. I don't. I wouldn't say I didn't get wrapped up in it. I think I did, but I think I also got caught in the weeds to some extent. Like I can admit that. Like I, I after I got to a certain point, I started nitpicking rather than just taking it in for what it was. And that you can end up in a bad spot there. That can, that can take away from a movie. But I am also willing to think, okay, well, if I watch this on a second watch, 
does that make a difference on what I see? And I've yes. I've done that before. I, I guarantee you, it does. I, oh, yeah. I've I've seen this movie several times. I've seen it in a group, and I've seen it by myself, and it is a completely different movie. Fair enough. So what you're saying is, get get high, watch this movie by myself. I will understand it entirely. <laughs> I'll grow my 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 third eye, and I'll understand it. Do you want me to mention the ten clues that David Lynch puts in the DVD? Um, I want you to mention what you what you uh, get out of that. You read the clues, right? Did you read them before or after you watched the movie? I I I watched it from Twin uh, Perfect's point of view because he did it in his video. Oh, the clues he did. Yeah, like so so, you watched that after the movie, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't watch it during. I mean, there's I'll, some nonsense in it where it's like, oh, look, watch out for the fucking red um, lampshade or whatever. The red lampshade, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then some well, of them are more like, "Where's Aunt Ruth?" You can tell I've so been wrapped up in this. Movie I wouldn't say forever. that's nonsense because the red lampshade is, uh, ugh, fuck, what's her fucking name? Diane or fucking Betty? Uh, when she's, you know, that's her phone and that's her lamp. And remember the beginning of the movie, they like called she's like she didn't show up. And then they like did like phone tag for a while. Yeah. And then it got to Diane's. No, they I don't say, know what that... uh, the what do they say? We haven't found her or the one yeah. that's still missing or whatever. I assume they meant because they tried to kill her and she got away from the wreck and they don't know where she's at. Yeah. I, see, this is where like when you look at things straightforward, like you obviously see another woman who got in that car crash. Then I also see, and, I, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due. This is Twin Perfect's uh, point of view, that the scene where Joe and Diane, and she's like, I want, you know, she gives a picture of Camilla and pays what you think is an assassin and a hitman and thing and stuff. What kind of assume, but they don't say it, yeah. Yeah, what if it's not that? What right. if it's... You know, she wants to be Camilla because she, when she's at the dinner scene, she's like, I wanted the lead role. And then Camilla got that role. So uh, I've heard this theory as well. Um, a friend of mine, a friend that the, the two of them both know as well, told me this one time. And I've always kind of thought this is a pretty good theory. Yeah, because like, like Chaz, you said, like, who is this person? And because. The person apparently in that office that was like telling the guy the story was like an agent to all the the uh, women in Hollywood. That's why he has a black book. And like automatically when I think of a black book, I think of fucking Epstein because that's like what they always talk about. Like, where's Epstein's black book and all that stuff? Uh, and then obviously you see behind the the guy, there's a bunch of keys and like, have you guys heard of the casting couch? Not like Pornhub type of stuff or anything, but casting couch where, you know, directors and, and producers and all that stuff, they hire these women to go in a room in their office and there's a couch and they exchange. You get a lead role, but you have to fucking blow me or. Yeah, or there's a me. reason that is a popular porn thing like th- th- that was that was an idea before they found out what a scumbag the Weinstein's were or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about as popular as stepmoms getting stuck in dryers. That felt more like it came out of nowhere, but like the idea of like 
sexual favors to get somewhere in the industry. Like that's 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 an old that's an old thing. I mean, that's that's literally just been the dawn of time. Sex is like I mean, right? It's the old mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah, exactly. Sex always sells. So it again. For, it's and again the biggest thing too. It's funny talking about it in the context of this. We're having this conversation five years ago. It's even maybe different on how we look at it because of you know all the speaking up movement stuff that's happened over the last handful of years. Uh, it doesn't change what you know what happens, but just in terms of like oh well this is a thing and that kind of is what Hollywood now it's like oh well that's that's horrible. All these things happen and people are shocked. It's like eh, it's been going on for decades. I I made a joke to my friend. I was like. You know how, like, when The Shining came out, people were like, oh, fucking uh, Kubrick is talking about the fucking moon landing was fake. It's in that fucking room, man. And then I'm just like, that people are going to probably be like this and be like, oh, see, uh, David Lynch was talking about all the, the casting couch. That's that, what he was doing. That happened. I've, I've heard that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah, so. when that shit was going on, and it's like, I think he was in the middle of filming the stuff for the Twin Peaks revival when all that shit broke. And, uh, like, they were like, this, the Weinstein uh, scandals have reshaped Mulholland Drive's plot or whatever. Like, if people were, like, reinterpreting that movie, basically, and it's like, I mean, that's kind of, like, in general, what it was sort of about, I guess, in a way. You didn't see it before? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and it's not like Mulholland Drive is the only thing to ever... There, It's not the only piece of, of media to ever touch on the subject in any way. Yeah. Before or after, right? Like, it, yeah. it just—I mean, that just is what it is. Uh, doesn't make it right, but it's just been one of those things that's been going on. So. I wanted to wrap up talking about the the clues. I, I had one one thought about that because you'd mentioned the clues and it was on my mind, mm-hmm. and I thought I want to take a look at them again before I watch the movie. I want to try to like get that in my head, and I realized something that is interesting to me, and I just wanted to say it to you guys and see what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Um. I, like Zach, own the fancy Blu-ray Criterion edition of this movie. And it comes with the, the gatefold fancy pants thing. And it comes with uh, this booklet. And it comes with the uh, interviews and essays and all kinds of really neat stuff in here. But it does not include the list of 10 clues in the Criterion Blu-ray. Now there's a 4K version of it. It's not in that either. I looked it up. So why would Criterion, a company famous for going the extra mile and getting everything and being comprehensive and getting the director involved, which he was involved, they did get David Lynch's consent and input for this release. Why would they omit those 10 rules from this release? Because they were bullshit. Exactly fucking right. That's That's what I think. That's I've always kind of suspected that. I've always thought David Lynch put it in there so that um, people would watch the movie really intently, which is him tricking you into enjoying his movie to the fullest. I, I fucking hate this. All right. I, I just had an epiphany as you're talking about this. <laughs> I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth. And he says, this is the best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to compare it to something in... And Andy is going to understand exactly what I'm saying, just because of the analogy. If you you can guess where I'm going to go, it'll be great. But if you don't, it's okay. But it's not wrestling, because wrestling is not real. Uh, David Lynch is very real, right? Is that how that works? Wrestling is real. People are fake. That's what they report, so I guess. (laughs) Um, So anyway, 
uh, again, my, I, I do think going back to watch it, maybe my opinion on it is still pending, but I know how I currently feel about it. That said, I, I definitely think it's worth going back to take a watch. But it's one of those things where you take it in as a whole, but there definitely are things that are just entirely misleading, almost like a maze, but it's more rewarding if you're able to get to something and, and interpret it in the way either it's intended, even if it's still like a loose thing, because there, there's probably so many open ways to think about this movie, but just to enjoy it as it is, that's exactly what Dark Souls is. <laughs> literally, Dark Souls, he made items. Remember the gifts at the beginning of the game, Dark Souls? Yeah. There's literally, there's literally an item that he has all this, like, really, like, it, he has the longest description of what it's for, and it's literally fucking nothing. It's not for anything. It's, oh, yeah. It, I, he's like, I literally wanted to fuck with people. He literally said in an interview after, I, I just saw, wanted to fuck with people. There's a video where they discussed that, yeah. There's an entire stat. Like, you have, like, eight or nine different stats. There's, there's resistance. D-dub stat. <laughs> there's, a, there's a literal stat that is useless. Every time you level up, you get an increase in that stat anyway. It's resistance, so you don't even need to put anything in it. Again, he did it to fuck with people. It's a misleading thing. It's a different way to do it. It's to but... make me think about the 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 tiers and the components and the meta of this role playing game you're playing. It's to get yeah. you looking at the menus and to get you engaged and to get you overthinking it and thereby make you understand something. I, I, I yeah, I, I think you're right. Think I think it it's a meaning. similar thing. It is. It's it's analogous to that, and given how much I love that, there's a chance that I could fall in love with this movie. But right now, I'm not there. I'm warm, I'm, I'm lukewarm at best. Again, but... I, this isn't. This is only. This is my big dumb superfluous theory. That's all it is. Because people have been talking about those clues for a long time, and Dustin's going to it, lay it out for us about why he still thinks <laughs> it means something. But I'm coming around to thinking they're bullshit. I love that you wanted Dubs to like commit ten minutes to well, this, he, this, he, this, this. I think they're bullshit. He started, and I wanted I wanted to tee him up. I wanted to put the ball on the tee I, and hand him the bat. I still think there. it has somewhat meaning because there's a lot of interviews out there where he's like, I, I and it's it kind of ties to what you guys were saying. Like he wants people to figure out the story like a detective. Like everybody is a detective trying to give clues. And some are red herrings. Some are bullshit. I think some are giving you paths on what you can and come up with your own theories. It's the it's the middle of the fence, sitting on the fence bullshit of being like everybody's path, right? If you think it that way. And I th I think it is half BS and half does have meanings because I'll give you I'm not going to go through that the whole list. Uh Number two, notice appearance of the red lampshade. Uh, it is in the lampshade, and it is Diane's, uh, uh, we call it, office. And then there's a red herring. Who gives a key and why? There's many keys. There's a key found in the, in the, the, the bag. There's a key given by Joe, the assassin, pimp, van, drug addict person with two different eyes and wearing David Bowie fucking uh, gear, pretty much, the leather jacket and, and the, the shirt. Uh, then you have, uh, did talent alone help Camilla? And then, then that's where I go into fucking, again, that's a, another red herring probably, uh, but it's very vague. With Twin Perfect, uh, he looks at it like it's, uh, you know, the casting couch bullshit. Did she 
win on talent alone, or did she blow her <laughs> way through the top and getting the lead role? We don't Where's know. Where's Ruth? Where is she? Yeah, where is I? She's in Canada. Filming. Is she even real? <laughs> um, it was just a, it used to always be a joke when we would be discussing David Lynch movies. Where is Aunt Ruth? We'd be talking about like lost time. <laughs> Where's Aunt Ruth at? <laughs> Who gave you keys and why? <laughs> Uh, and I also wanted to bring up the very first scene where she comes out of the airport seems very fucking like soap opera fucking dialogue bullshit. Where I'm, it's laid on thick, but I think yeah. it's intentional, right? It's yes, intentional. I think it is. I, it yeah. is intentional. Can we sidestep and talk about what this movie was supposed to be? Because I really want to. Oh yeah, mm. me too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach, you do it then. You haven't talked enough. All right. So originally, uh, this was supposed to be a TV show. About Audrey Horn going to going to L.A. to become an actress from Twin Peaks, Audrey Horn. Oh, and okay. that well, con- makes a lot more sense. That concept fell through, uh, and then it was just going to be the same plot. Like some some actresses going to L.A. and trying to get in, and it's still going to be a TV show about that. Yeah, it got it got divorced from the Twin Peaks mythos, but it was still still being developed into. A show which yeah. we can see. So is I actually saw there was some type of credited like t- straight to TV movie like in the late nineties. Does that have anything yeah. to even do with this? Is that I don't know. I got confused no. by that as well. Okay, I don't, I don't think so. I don't I know don't what's going on with that. Like it's I think it's a different cut of the movie, maybe without the nudity or something. Well, it's but it's like two years before this movie came out. And it's yeah. also marked as, as it's instead of Mulholland Drive, it's Mulholland Drive, but like abbreviated. I know that sounds dumb, but that it literally could just be something unrelated. I, I didn't look at all, so I was going to ask you guys about it. With the timing of that's suspicious. Yeah, I, I really, I don't, I think it was like the original pitch or something. Yeah, and then I mean, I put they shot into it more until you guys made it into this. Yeah, I put zero thought into it until you guys mentioned the whole intention of what this was supposed to be, and then I was like, "Oh, I wonder if that's related." So I, that's interesting. Did you watch the interviews on the Criterion? Oh, I started to, but I ran out of time. It was okay. It was I watched the Showtime. Or I, wa- I watched all of one, the one with Naomi Watts and David Lynch. Okay, and he elaborates on that a little bit more, uh, talking about like what was going on at the time when he was trying to get this uh, approved as a TV show uh, by ABC. And he said, like, this executive watched it at, like, 6 in the morning while he was taking phone calls and shit and wasn't paying attention. Who's that sound like? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway. Uh, but, yeah, um, but he didn't like it. And because he didn't like it, uh, they were supposed to just kind of wait and hear back from somebody if they were going to get approved or not. And he said, like, about nine months went by, and all of their sets and props and everything got cycled out and taken apart and everything. Mm. And he's like, well, fuck. We lost it. And uh, then uh, an agent or somebody was able to get in touch with Studio Canal over in Paris or whatever, and they got funding, and they were able to make a new movie. Cool. So that's what happened. I... um... I like this movie pretty well. It's not my favorite David Lynch movie. I think it has some problems with it, but I am 
distraught over the thought that it was hamstringed from getting to like live to its full potential because i think this movie as a show would have kicked ass that's exactly what i thought too because when i heard about how this was originally gonna be a tv show in the first incarnation i was like oh my god that would have fucking ruled Mm -hmm. and then divorced from the twin peak stuff still i think it would have been like fucking crazy i think i might have liked that more because then then it would have got to like be its own thing and write its own ideas it wouldn't be tied to oh it's got to be it's got to be her specific. I, her I, I would tend to agree. Like, I, I think the way this is shot almost lends itself more to be stretched out in a series, kind of like mm-hmm. Twin Peaks, because of how, like, how odds and out of place some of the scenes are. Yeah. And, like, there's so much more. It's almost like, yeah, there, I, I don't know how many deleted scenes there are, if it's just the one specifically. Just the but one. just think how much stuff that may have even made, like, cutting room and then had to still just be scrapped before they really even shot it just as an idea because there's so much he wanted to fit in, but he couldn't like there's so many other ideas. I'm sure that could have been put in there. Guys, like minds of zoo. I, it could have been awesome. But in, in this case, the, the goose that would continually lay the golden egg would be, uh, um, Rita's identity instead of who killed Laura Palmer. Oh, it would be yeah. like you trying to figure out who the hell is this girl? Really? Like, yeah. And you can, and then like it literally just be like, well, we never figured it out either. But <laughs> like, it can, it's like there's like eight different endings. Or she eight was her dad endings. all along. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, that's what like this movie like. <laughs> we thought she was. I don't know. Was football. That's why, like, that's why like this this movie like it it does kind of feel like a fever dream in a way because like in the beginning you're just like, why are they pointing this gun at this girl? And then, like, the car crash happens, and then she falls asleep in the bush, and then uh, Joe kills that guy, and then kills that fat girl, and then poor janitor guy gets fucking killed and all that stuff, and you're just like, why? Uh, I'll say, standalone, that might be my favorite scene. I love the clusterfuck of what happens. And then the best part is he tries to set it on fire and thinks, oh, that'll work. He shoots it. Nothing happens. The alarm goes off, and he's like, oh, fuck it. I guess I'll just put down the stairs. It feels so much like something out of a Tarantino movie. So much. (laughs) If someone said Tarantino write that scene, I'd say, finally, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It feels random. And then you see, like, when they go to the apartments to see the, the, the uh, or, or or the whatever houses they are which by the way i heard that's like disney land place for employees to live while they work at disney uh that's why it looked like a fairy tale like garden and all that stuff and it looked very fantasy like as far as the uh buildings were built um but like, what was with those Agent Smiths that were just, like, chilling? Like, like I thought about those, like, Agent Smiths in the car, and then, like, the one that was there. Like, why are they trying to get this person? No, uh, it's 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 literally just the same theme, like, how they... And, again, I watched uh, this after Blue Velvet, so immediately my brain jumps to, oh, it's Mafia. Like, I immediately just think, oh, this is, like, a Mafia-controlled kind of thing. But then they don't give you that answer, and it's vague enough, and it's like, is this... Like, what's the... Uh, there's that weird movie that uh, with Matt um, Damon, where the guys like uh, the guys like wearing like the suit, like he's in a weird suit, and it seems like he works for the government, but actually like he like controls like all the other alternate realities and time and nonsense that wow. could be happening. Uh, you know Elysium? what I'm talking about? Not Elysium, but it, it's kind of similar to Elysium in a way. But basically, the guy starts hunting him down because he he doesn't realize it, but he's like fucked up the fabric of reality. And this guy's like, 
Nope, not Looper either. That's that's it's different. <laughs> uh, again, there's all these weird movies out here like it, but it just made me think of that. It's like very vague. I don't have. I actually don't know what they are. Like, are, are they government? Again, are they deities <laughs> that are watching over this weird fever dream? And then, of course, God, like Hollywood, you're in this weird thing where, oh well, is it any of what I'm watching even real? Like, did they take the blue pill? Uh, <laughs> like, it's also strange. like the the old people, which, by the way. The Jitterbug competition, they never mentioned where it's from, right? Because, like, I'm like, why is the Jitterbug old people, like, following her to Los Angeles and then go in the car and then just disappear in the limo and laughing and looking weird? Like, I thought about that, too. Like, they have this weird scene, like, oh, honey, you're you're gone. And then, like, she freaks out about her suitcase and then she does the address and stuff. Uh, And then you cut to that scene of them in the limo. And I'm just like, why? Who are they? And then, like, like later on, you see them come out of the, the homeless person's bag, which I thought was fucking hilarious. I don't know why. <laughs> them just coming out there and then go under the the uh, the door. And then you had that scene where Naomi Watts just fucking screams her fucking head off. Like, I had to, I had to lower my TV because it was so fucking loud. Oh, yeah. There's also, there's also a parallel, again, just comparing movies. There's a parallel between Betty. It's like the, the first part of the movie we're watching, or first half or so. Her character's mannerisms and attitude towards things is very similar to Jeffrey in Blue Velvet. But it goes in such a different direction in terms of what's there. Like, they're they're both very curious about what's happening and kind of naive to things. Uh. But, of course, his just plays out in a very different way uh, in terms of what happens. And then there's – I'm not going to get more into that but because uh, he's he's a bit of an asshole, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, but, yeah, it almost seemed like weird, like an out of place. Like, why would this girl from middle nowhere who won a Canadian jitterbug contest and decided to come to – Yeah, Canada. That's where she was. Yeah, she's from Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, just middle of nowhere in Canada won a jitterbug contest and said, you know what, I'll be an actress in Hollywood. Like that jumped the conclusions thing, and then like, oh, I found a thing of money. Oh, there's this random person here. Oh, that the, they don't know uh, my aunt. Oh, this is fine. She seems nice. She was nude, so it's okay. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff, in, and then she's like, oh, I'll just break into this other person's apartment, and like she just does a lot of stuff. It just doesn't kind of add up. But then of course it makes sense once the whole thing blows wide open it's like oh well that makes me more sense as long as we're talking theories and twin perfects video and stuff like that i did have a theory that i developed on this movie a long time ago i've kind of stopped preaching it but it's just i thought i'd bring it up um did you guys ever read the neil gaiman book american gods no but i want to i I still want to watch the show you have jazz did you You say you have it Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, in it, you know, there's there's all these gods. They're all the old gods from that you've heard of, Egyptian and Norse, or whatever. But there's the these new gods that are like, you know, media and film and radio and stuff like that. And after I read that book, I started thinking about like, what if there's like, you know, there are gods like you're saying, but it's like Hollywood, the the worship of yeah. Hollywood has like created this pantheon of like, you know, the gods of media, and she's. Like young actresses are like the sacrifices at the altar of, or, of New Hollywood or something. Or I'm like the, to build something on that, but I don't know. This no, no, movie doesn't really support it. It's just like a nice broad stroke kind of. No, thing. no, you're onto something because it does have that vibe, uh, very similar to that, uh, in the sense that you have all these enigmatic, 
enigmatic, sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied, enigmatic characters that aren't otherwise explained but are put in circumstances just based on how it's shot. They always give they me have vibes of, yeah, the way that, because I read the book at, in college, and then at some point I watched this movie and the thoughts kind of got together. But it just reminded me of the way that he described, like, the gods of radio television and stuff. Yeah, so, like, in a sense, Cowboy almost reminds me in that way, uh, oh, shit, what's the character's name? He's like, I guess the other way to refer him, you can remind me, um, from the book, uh, he's effectively her. He's a messenger. Like, again, his, his sense is just to be there and help de like deliver a message or kind of be there. But like the equivalent was like, it'd be like Hermes in Greek mythology. Oh, okay. um, it's been a little while since I read. I mean, oh, same. it's not fresh. Oh, oh, same. It's, it's goodness. It's been 15 plus years. It's, it's been a while, but, uh, or close to that. Right. Goodness, the time. I hate time. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I could totally see that. Like, th there's enough going on that's vague and very mysterious, and that, and I get a vibe of that here. Uh, so yeah, and that does open like a whole layer of intrigue to it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's a that's a neat theory. That's that's yeah. a theory to talk about over over drinks. Figured I'd figured I'd hook shot that one in and see if it went <laughs> went in the net. Yeah, you you got me you got me intrigued enough. Yeah, it, also the uh, Camilla into Imperfect video. He he uh, makes Camilla like the embodiment of casting couch. Like I said before, because she found the shortcut and she's like trying to get uh, Betty to go that shortcut. Uh, and when she wanted to be Camilla, that was her accepting the shortcut. Uh, which, by the way, that guy in the, the diner who sees the homeless person and Diane see each other in in their quote unquote standing dreams. at the door, like the guy is describing the other guy as doing in his dream, which is yeah, a weird thing. And yeah, it was like a representation of it. Yeah, I I, I like your theory, Andy, um, with the gods and stuff. I like I think the embodiment of the cowboy being Hollywood itself. Uh, Mulholland Drive being the dream of Hollywood because apparently at the end of Mulholland Drive is under the Hollywood sign apparently oh something else I wanted to bring up is in an interview one time David Lynch was I think it was David Lynch it might have been someone else the other screenwriter I can't remember someone about someone around this film was being interviewed about this movie and they said everyone always talks about Mulholland Drive because it's the road in LA where the movie starts of of course like he's being a little cheeky but they never think about the fact that it could also be a verb Mulholland Drive I don't know I just thought it was interesting <laughs> I need more drugs for that one <laughs> see I think like a lot of people again all the stuff that we're talking about could be literally nothing and just David Lynch is just stroking his dick of art all over yeah. the place well, and of course uh, but I like dumb land for Christ's sake. But like after Camilla crashes and escapes the the gunman, like she kind of walks out into Hollywood. <laughs> like you see the 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 land of L.A. and she's like, I'm going that way. Uh, kind of like I guess the normal people <laughs> of the world of reality and all that stuff. Well, uh, sort of. Do you do you notice when she emerges from like the the wooded area what street she's on? No. Sunset Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Which is also like, you know, oozing Hollywood. with classic Hollywood mystique. 
I mean, it's yeah. the name of like one of the best noirs ever made, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, and uh, they also just a little, again. little fun fact is when uh, they showed the gate of Paramount, which they had to cut off Paramount because they didn't want that in the film. But they put the the car that 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 classic car over there from Sunset Boulevard. That's a fun fact. Oh, I didn't yep. know that. That was in the movie. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it's just like there's a lot of stuff like I, you could unpack in this movie uh, that we could probably talk forever. But uh, I I I kind of liked this movie a lot because of all the themes. And I will say like Twin Perfect is another guy that likes to stroke his own dick when he thinks he knows David Lynch is doing uh, what he's doing. And I don't think he knows what he's doing, but I think between Twin Peaks <laughs> And between between Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive, I think he's a little bit right on Mulholland Drive of the whole reality. And I'll I'll link his video in the in the messenger. Yeah, he follow- I've seen some of his stuff and liked it. So, yeah, it the 10 clues like that's why I said like it kind of does make a little sense. Like there is meaning about by the key. I don't think there's just a key to be like, huh, it's a fucking key. It's blue. Go fuck yourself. Like, I don't think it's just that. Well, there's not uh, a blue key. There's multiple blue keys. I, again, yeah. I, I bet the only thing with it, though, the caveat to that is because the entire premise of the movie flips on that scene of that this is a recording. There is no band today. That all like between that and having all the superfluous information that then you don't know what's real, what's not. The whole movie loses the identity of what you can trust. Because again, it may not, it may be related. You don't know what's real, what's not. Is it just real in a different way? It, it is, it's a weird headspace. That's I, fine I, though. That's just a vibe. Yeah, I didn't I, click with it at first, but I'm warming up to it. I also like, this is my own theory, by the way. This is not like a Twin Peak, a Twin Peaks, Twin Perfect, uh, and an, no other analyst YouTuber. Like the part where Diane's making the coffee, right? In her own uh, rugged down fucking apartment and shit. And uh, like she looks and she's like, Camilla, you back. Like she shows up like a ghost, like a fucking force ghost from fucking Star Wars and shit. Uh, and like she disappears. But you notice the camera angle, right? Cam- where Camilla was standing is now Diane looking that way. Mm-hmm. And, I- and I'm just like. She wants to be that. That's her Hollywood dream after doing the jitterbug contest, because, you know, Obviously, when you're famous and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say a jitterbug contest will make me a Hollywood fucking star. But like I you have things like American Got Talent or the X Factor when you do that type of stuff and you you win something like that. And then you're like, I could be a star. And then you go into the business and you're just like, I can't do this unless I take those shortcuts. So. I'll leave it at that. Like I thought that scene where Diane sees Camilla and then she's standing in Camilla's spot was kind of like a, they're the same person kind of thing. Uh, hence why she wears this fucking same wig as her, uh, which was a little weird. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I recommend Andy. What about you? Yeah, I recommend this movie. Like I said, it's not my favorite Dave Lynch movie, but it's up there. It's a good one. Um, again like watch it watch it once it's a good divining rod if you like it then you're in for a whole world of lynch bullshit but if you don't like it then it's fine walk away from lynch it's fine mm-hmm. what is your favorite david lynch movie lost highway oh 
<laughs> that response. Oh, well, no, you know, it's not, it's not Inland Empire. We know that. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's just Inland Empire. I was thought you were going to say Dune, like a man. Man, when I when I saw that for that was three hours long. I no, was that's like, an yeah, Alan that's Smithy not. movie. That's David Lynch movie. Let's take credit for it because he's pissed off. <laughs> I mean, I wish he wouldn't take credit for it. Dune sucks. You fucking suck. <laughs> I will. I will kill you. I will kill you. <laughs> you better watch yeah. it, bitch. The sleeper has awakened. I, yeah, I'll, I'll share it for off air. But I have a, I have a very endearing story of of my my coming of age regarding Dune. Uh, Did I see that Lego is making a Dune Lego set? What the fuck is that? That's, that's crazy. random. That's kind of oh, badass, like though. Fuck? It, yeah. it looks badass. I want it. It, it, it sounds like we're getting Legos, Andy. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> we'll come over and it's like, yeah, Chef Beers was all building together. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dak, of course, I'm, I'm assuming you recommend this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really like this movie. Uh, I, I don't know if it's my favorite of his movies yet, but it's it, it ranks very high for me. So. I, I'm not going to lie. Coming into this is before five minutes for air. I was like, there's no way they're going to convince me that to try this and i i'm i'll admit i'm wrong i i i definitely for what andy said i think it's worth watching because it's just a trip of a movie and it's definitely take it for what it is so for that reason i'd recommend it i don't know yet how i feel about it where it is yet so i will say we're later on when we do our rankings i got an asterisk because it's almost like i could easily change that if i watch this movie one or two more times and in the right space and suddenly go oh i get it now so who knows? Uh, that, that's where I am at on it. But well, right now, I'd still recommend it. We're ranking them. It's rank time. Right, oh, it's rank time. It's it's just gonna be ranked in a weird town. way. We're going to rank town. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Ranklin Drive. Oh, fuck. Um, lol. Lol. All right, I'll go first since I have my list. So at number four for me is the Elephant Man. At number three, I have Blue Velvet. At number two, I have the Straight Story. And at number one, I have Maholland Drive. All right, who's next? Not me. Okay. I, was, I was, there's a few. There's a few question marks in mind, and I was really hoping while we discussed Maholland Drive, it would it would shake itself out. But I'm still I'm still not confident. Well, let me let me put it this way: Straight Story and Maholland Drive is like a toss up for me. Like, really, you could say Straight Story is your favorite Lynch movie. Yeah, because like I, out of the four uh, that we did, like my number one because I saw Lost Highway would be Lost Highway over everything. I'll go next. Like... Mm-hmm. All right, All right Zach, you that. go. Uh, number four, Straight Story, uh, eight point three out of ten. Uh, number three, Elephant Man, uh, eight point seven out of ten. Number two, Blue Velvet, eight point nine out of ten. Number one, Mulholland Drive, nine point two out of ten. Yeesh! High praise. <laughs> So we got me and Zach with Mulholland Drive at number one. Uh, me and Andy have The Elephant Man at number four. Yeah, Elephant Man is number four. I think I'm going to have to put Straight Story at number three. I really wanted to put it higher because when I watched it, I was like, I was like, whoa, I like this movie way more than I remember. But then I had <sighs> the same feeling about both Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive because I, th- I kind of got worn out on them a little bit in college thanks to a roommate who is even more obsessed with David Lynch than I. But watching them again after taking a few years off of Lynch, uh, and especially after having watched um, Twin Peaks, 
I, I don't know. Maybe it gave me a greater appreciation for David Lynch stuff. I don't know. But yes, every single one of them, I like, oh, I like this better than I did last time. Except Elephant Man. I liked it about as well as I did the first time I saw it. Maybe I should watch Eraserhead again. I didn't love Eraserhead. I didn't love Dune. And I didn't love um, Inland Empire. Maybe I should give them all another shot. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised, Dubs. You rated the straight story higher than Blue Velvet. Uh, if Dennis Hopper was not in that movie, I would probably, it'd probably be number four for me. That's really weird because I thought you <laughs> just seeing it on there. I remember <laughs> when we were talking about it. You seemed to be like it more. I liked it, but Dennis Hopper, he gets the Dennis Hopper. Uh, uh, Fucking Bowser tax. Uh, and, the Bowser tax. <laughs> I'm going to guess that I'm not going to be able to convince anyone that Mulholland Drive should be at number four. No. No. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, before before this month, I would have told everyone I like Blue Velvet more than Mulholland Drive, but I don't know. I've changed my mind. I like Mulholland Drive better. I put it at one, Blue Velvet at two. So I think, uh, yeah, Zach and I match. This is the first time that's happened in a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys do match. That's... Oh, no, no, you don't. You don't match. You're three and four are different. So we're we're literally all over the place. That's that's good. That's gonna make for that's gonna make for a good one. Uh, Well, Mahal Drive's got to go at number one. I don't care what Chaz says. Yeah, I mean, three of you have it at number one. I'm not gonna argue that. Uh, I haven't given my my numbers yet. So anyway, yeah. So I have Mahal Drive at four. I do have the asterisk there. Because I I can easily see watching that if if, it, if I feel different, I I would I could easily put it above Straight Story, um, and maybe Elephant Man. Um, you like Elephant again, Man more than Straight Story. What's really funny is I haven't got to talk to you guys. Long. I haven't been able to give my opinion on the movies otherwise. So uh, that's that's what's interesting. Uh, so uh, the Straight Story three, I thought it was. It was it was good. It was it was definitely uh, definitely a Lynch movie. This is kind of odd, but it is oh, a good neat little story. So this is important for your rankings. Actually, have you been keeping up with our episodes? Have you listened to our conversations about? It? I, oh, I can't. You can't. He's dead. Not, he was dead. I'm dead. Well, not that I'm not. It's not live. None of these have been. Yeah, they're not. Uh. Up. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The machine kind of fucked me over there. I almost feel like maybe maybe yeah. I should go listen to an orchestra. And and see if they tell me that the band's not here today. No, so I have no idea what your your points are, and that's actually f- interesting because the Elephant Man is actually a, a movie that is very near dear to me uh, because of medical school. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's it's that syndrome itself. Uh, I've taken care of someone that had that syndrome. So. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, the straight story though was I thought it was really good. I hadn't I'd never watched that. So I guess I should clarify the movies I had watched. I had watched Blue Velvet before, love it. Probably like the like for me it sticks out at the top of movies. Dune and Racerhead are probably a little higher, a little higher up. Uh, Twin Peaks that's not a movie, but you know how that is. So uh, there is a Twin Peaks movie, however. I mean there there is, but you know what I mean. Like <laughs> Twin Peaks is a whole thing. Like it's it's you, it's it's all or none. I'm not gonna break it's that down in a separate way. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, but anyway, uh, the straight story was good. Number two, I have Elephant Man. Um, again, the, uh, and I'll, this will be more in my my cut later when I I include my my own words on on it. But uh, the Elephant Man is such a poignant story uh, because 
even though it's shot the way it is, just like the straight story in a way, again, it's still a story it's shot, but it's, a lot of that's based on fact. It's all true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's incredibly intriguing uh, in terms of like medical history, in terms of like them trying to figure out what's wrong with the person, but also like that, that line of well, we're treating him like a subhuman and, you know, uh, that line of experimentation on someone versus not. And, and again, the whole thing with like keeping someone locked in a cage like an animal when he's not. And again, there's, there's some really, really uh, interesting stuff there from a humanistic standpoint. Um, that movie hits hard, especially when he's like in the scene in the bathroom and he's like, I'm a human, I'm not an animal. And uh, it's rough. And again, I've, I've taken care of someone with Proteus syndrome before, which is what he has, by the way. I don't know if that, that is what has been determined. The alpha and they man. They don't say it in the movie. Yeah. They, they, they don't because at that point they didn't know. In the movie, it was not known what he had yet. Genetics have determined, because we've moved that far just from 1980, he had Proteus syndrome, which is an incredibly rare genetic disease that causes this hemihypertrophy and uh, this development of uh, neurocutaneous fibromas that grow around. That's what all these that we, the weird disfigurement is on the face. That's why he has, he, he mentally he's intact. It doesn't affect the brain. It only, and he, his genitals are okay. Like, there's very specific things that actually stick out that they mention. And that is why it's different than some of the other disorders people thought it was because a lot of those other ones actually hinder uh, development. They cause mental retardation. They, they cause other problems. You, you're infertile, etc. cetera. Um, anyway, uh, again, Not it's talking. terribly, Terrible, yeah. You guys missed Doc Talk, right? I gotta get my fill in. A terribly debilitating disease, uh, but no, the the story is is excellent. Um, and uh, again, it's it's really good. And the Blue Velvet is just, I mean, classic. I I I, I love Blue Velvet. It it is. It's one of those things. It is like, I don't know. I, it's one of those things. I because I've watched it, I know what it is. You take it for what it is. But I'm almost like desensitized to watching movies now and expecting someone to pull the rug out from under me. That when you watch Blue Velvet and that doesn't happen, it's like, oh, I'll just take it for what it is and it's good. But man, I was expecting something else to happen. I was waiting to turn on him or twist or something and didn't. That lady it just... does dance on that car for no reason. That's a big. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's really funny. It was like, is she gonna fucking shoot him? And then she just dances on the car. <laughs> I forgot about that. And I was like, oh, okay, now she just dancing. She's she is fucking drunk. Yeah, no big right, deal. So Blue Velvet's gotta go at number two. Just there's no way. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. So I've heard from you why you like Elephant Man more than Straight Story. I guess I want to hear from Zach. Um, for me, there's just a lot more going on in the Elephant Man than in the Straight Story. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean just, that's definitely objectively true. There's more to sink your teeth into on Elephant Man than Straight Story. That's the Straight Story is still a good movie. Obviously, you can see with my rating that yeah. I rated it. Uh, uh. It says less. It does less, but at the same time, like there's there's still like a good message in there. There's still stuff you can think about with that. But like Elephant Man, it, like yeah, there's all the humanistic elements of stuff, like Chaz was saying, and then like uh, like I went on about it in the episode about like you know it makes you think a lot about like what makes you a man and shit and all this other stuff, you know. Uh, so that's I just think Elephant Man was more poignant and uh, 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 heavy. Yeah, no, like for real, like especially I, maybe it's part of the insider knowledge for me. But if you know, if you know more of the information about it, or even if you don't, just I read watching Elephant Man. If you don't, 
if you don't like see the parts of the movie of someone being treated that way, and it don't it doesn't at least touch you to the point that you're like either just a little upset about it, or I mean, to me, I was I was nearly in tears. It just it's it's just a really upsetting thing and just to watch someone be treated that way. Um, and I don't know if it just it's it's a it's a beautiful movie. The straight story has the same thing. The scene in the straight story of them sharing the war stories is rough. Like, and <laughs> but I mean, in a good way. Like, it is so humanistic, and I like it. Actually, even though the, I've wrote the movie down where it is, I might, I might almost say like that's one of my favorite like things shot by David Lynch because he just let it be exactly what it was. It was just so raw. Yeah, that's why I put. Straight story over Elephant Man is uh, Elephant Man, like Zach says, has a lot more going on, which, like I said, is objectively true, I think. But Straight Story felt there's there's um, there's so much heart in it that is relatable to almost every single person, and mm-hmm. there's a lot in Elephant Man to relate to. But you know, I've never had whatever you called it, Proteus. I've never had Proteus syndrome. I've never been a doctor. I've never lived in Victorian England. Like there's l- there's less for me to like latch on to there it's, it's, less just, relatable. it's just but of course like i do understand you know i'm not an animal i'm a man that kind of like that that's 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 a wonderful story i also love that movie but i just yeah. when i see straight story there's so much in it where i just feel like man i know people like this I, yeah. it's so it's so nice that these people are are just like no one in the movie is like a dick for no reason absolutely you know, there's, there's not that guy who like runs him off the road or litters or or there's no one who's like, "Hey, you'll never do it, uh, old man. Uh, why are you camping on my fucking field? I'm angry." You know that shit never happens. It's just real people being like genuine and nice and heartfelt. And it's just I, I feel like no matter who you are, if you watch Straight Story, you're gonna come away with something. Yeah, and the movie's like eating apple pie. I know it's such a weird thing to say about it, but it is. It, no, it, I, it, I get it. it I, yeah, it makes sense. No, but uh, but again, I like them both as well. It's just that's that's that was my standard. It does make Dubs. You're the only one who needs to like check in on the uh, yeah Elephant Man Straight Story debate. So the reason why I have Straight Story over Elephant Man is pretty much like almost the same reason as Andy, where he's like, I can't relate to his. You know, I want more, I want more than that because you have it rated yeah, yeah. Blue Velvet too. No, no, I'm getting to that. Um, okay. I, it's relatable because we're all getting old, right? And, no. you know, you let... Not me, no. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> As I tell my daughter, I'm a vampire, I'll never die. <laughs> but, like, the whole passage of time of, like, I used to be young, like you, when he was with the, you know, the young kids, and he's talking about time and, and young and, you know, learn... Yeah, you wish he he wish he was young, and you know, being old kind of sucks a little bit. No, actually, it's, I, he said, "What's the worst part of being old?" And he said, "Remembering when I was younger." Yeah, he's literally it. looking back is the worst part of it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it was like, oh shit! It just like made everybody shut down. Like, that yeah. that sucks. <laughs> and, and out of every film that we watch, now I understand like the the three other films like ended fucking terribly. Like, yeah, Blue Velvet. Oh, actually, no, Blue Velvet actually ended in the in a positive manner. Yeah. Uh, but I, out of blue velvet and the elephant man and Mahalan drive, I like the straight stories ending the perfectly. Ending perfect. Wait, how did the yeah. elephant man not end in a positive manner? He, he, he died. 
He wanted to. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't want to, but it's still like melancholy, I guess, is what does. Yeah, it, it, he, he went it's to sad and died. <laughs> yeah, the whole story through and through, like tragic. But he came to peace with with things like someone coming to peace or coming to terms with their life in that way, especially with the condition he was in. Uh, like, I mean, you could argue he was on borrowed time. So for him to be able to like have the moment where he was respected and actually people had looked at him and didn't just completely like freak out and scream. The people actually treated him like a human. He got yeah. to finish this intricate thing. He got to lay down in bed and go to sleep like a normal person. Like those are the things he wanted to do in his life. It was a bucket list. He literally knocked out his bucket list. I mean, as yeah, simple as it seems, he died. He but he didn't know he was going to die that day. Yes, he did. <laughs> like, yes, he did. Oh yeah, no, he did. They literally said the movie. Yeah, I can't sleep if he lies down. Oh, okay, then I missed that part. He'll die. Well, it, yeah. And then, like when all those 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 people break in, at some point he's lying down, and then someone helps him out. Yeah, he knows he he that that's him like letting himself die. Yeah, so the if to explain it to actually to it because I think it's it's very interesting. The reason he can't lay back is because because of the heaviness of his head, it actually causes herniation and pushes on a part of the brain that actually shuts his respiratory system down. It's not just like oh his airways trapped. It's literally he, he's just not breathing. His brain just shuts off and can't breathe because of the pressure on it. Hmm. So it, that's what's causing it. And there's a scene that's very poignant in the movie where he and Anthony Hopkins are talking and he tells, it's when he shares him, he shows that picture and he says, I just want to lay in a bed like a normal person. My head's too heavy and I can't, I'll die. And I think someone had already said it to Anthony Hopkins that he can't do it. And then he, they're talking and then he asks him, can you cure me? And he's like, there's no cure. I can't cure you. And he realizes that I'll never get to, I'll, I'll never get to live my dream. I'll never get to sleep in a bed like a normal person. Like that—that that is a very important part of the movie because then in the ending. Um, well, the other thing is too. They talk about a little bit before that scene where they go to the uh, play or whatever. Mm-hmm. That he's got like maybe six months left to live. Or whatever. yeah, he's on his way out. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like he's on borrowed time. He's dying. He's he's terminal. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. I still like the straight stories ending better. Um, if we're, if we if we're gonna put Elephant Man into like a uh, well, it, it is now hands. since you guys told me that in a positive manner, I still <laughs> like the whole he finds his brother right and like you know the the casual casual listeners like say something I want to know what you guys are gonna say and it, they don't fucking say nothing no, and it just you. ends and then it's no, just like I was like yes that. that's how <laughs> I want it to fucking end because I want my imagination to think what they're going to talk about. Well, that's, it, that's, that's the thing. they don't have to say anything like that. I know, but that that's why I said like it's perfect, but the casual you know the casual listener today's generation TikTok fucking amp brain. What do they say? Yeah. <laughs> what what did they say? I need to know. Like you need to explain to me what conversation did they have? Did they drink Paps Blue Ribbon? Is that the beer that they had in the house? <laughs> I would bet money that, that it, if you typed in the straight story, like in Google, you know how it shows qu- common questions about the movie. It'll say, "What do they say at the end of the straight story?" Yeah, you're right. Okay, I, I just want to ask: Did anyone Every notice? Movie ever is name of the movie ending explained? It's always one of the top Google things, and it always makes me go, "Ah, goddamn it!" So, so just want to make sure since we brought the PBR thing, you guys t- did you guys talk about the, the PBR Easter egg in the straight story? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm making sure that got brought up because I thought it was kind of funny uh, in the bar or whatever. But anyway. Uh, oh, is it an Easter egg if there's just a PBR sign in a bar? 
Yeah, but that way it's it's very like deliberate. Like it's like like there are other signs in the bar, and they're just like on the side, and right in the middle of the bar is a giant PBR sign. So did you watch? Yeah, it's it kind of obvious. Did you watch it in the same order that we did? Yeah. Okay. I've watched Blue Velvet before. Okay, because I I kind of wish I watched Blue Velvet because Andy did bring it up uh, where he's like, uh, "Did you see that?" Like, I wish we watched Blue Velvet before we watched this movie because. You know, the whole Paps Blue Ribbon stuff that was, you know, with Dennis Hopper and all that stuff. I was like, I, mean, I, kinda... I, I like that we watched Elephant Man and Straight Story back to back because we got to do the, the start and end with stars. <laughs> or at least I can't, I can't, I'm trying to remember if Elephant Man started with stars, but it definitely ended with that backlight of stars. And the Straight Story starts and ends that way. Yeah. So, so I thought that was neat. And then I was like, oh, Blue Velvet's not going to do that, but it's going to do the same thing just with a blue curtain. And but. by the way, I unintentionally chose those movies, not knowing that they were true stories, both of them, The Elephant Man and Straight Story. And Mulholland Drive. And Mulholland Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Mulholland Drive, based on a true story, or is it? <laughs> well, part of it is, maybe. Like, okay. that woman really did get shot in the ass. Yes. <laughs> it's only based on a real person, Dennis Hopper. There, yeah. there it is. It, it's, it's actually an autobiography. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't think it's an argument. I, I'm not going to put up anything. And that's the thing. All these movies, are, like, I would agree with Zach. These are all great movies. Like, again, I, I will come around. I, I feel uh, I will come around to Mulholland Drive. I still think it's a good movie in terms of how it's shot. It's just I need that extra little bit to really put me over before I praise it. But don't don't rush it. Just watch it in a couple years by yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not, it's not a rush, but it's a thing like. All of these movies are, are good. Like, none of these movies because they're four is bad. Like, they, these are all. Like we've definitely watched some some stinkers that are well well below these. Um, That's why I score movies? It, yeah, it, it does help, right? Because the rankings make it seem like we're we're shitting on a movie. It's like no, not at all. Like this month's four might be better than next month's one, right? That works. <laughs> yeah, that's happened before. So yeah, me me and Andy are team. Well, I I don't know what his final thing is, but me and Andy had the same straight story over Elephant Man, and you guys have Elephant Man over straight story. So who's willing to concede? I'm oh. willing to concede straight story last if Andy's up for that, or do you want to fight for it to be at number three? I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't have anything else to add. I thought I gave it a pretty impassioned response. Mathematically, it technically wins because you put it at second. I'm just going to throw that I- in there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we did it by the score, I would have. I mean, I have Elephant Man at two as well. I mean, the thing is, Elephant Man is four for two of you. But at the same time, if I were to watch Mahalan Drive again within a week, I would probably immediately bump it to three or or at least, if not two, and then Straight Story is my number four. So I I don't know. I I'm fine either way. I'm not I'm not really picky about it. I think they're both. Fine. So if we want to put one at three, one at four, it's it's totally fine with me. Flip the coin. My like my I feel like my ranking is all mucked up because of my weird take on Mahalan Drive. So. Hey Siri, I'm calling Siri for this. Oh my god. Um. Uh, hey Siri, flip a coin. Which, which coin flipping? Okay, hold on. Uh, I, I got this. Hold on. Listen, as the official. The aficionado of the D6. I got my my EX dice. You're gonna leave it up to me here. I'm just gonna, gonna roll it. All right. Odds. Odds will go Elephant Man. Evens will go Straight Story. Okay. It's evens. All right. Straight Story. It is. 
All right, straight story gets the universe has spoken. <laughs> no. Yes. What do you mean no? No. You, you didn't. You didn't come. Ah, oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's disagree. I disagree with random chance. That's I what disagree. I do at casinos. I go, no, I disagree. That's not the dice. <laughs> this is a good one, though, because none none of our rankings matched. I like when that happens. Yeah, that, it's actually rare. I feel like most of the time we're 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 pretty close. Like so maybe one person's a little off, but it's pretty pretty cut and dry. Usually I like that it's very. Dubs has like some dark horse at number one, and Zach is Mr. Contrarian. Usually. Man, I can't wait until we get to James Bond because I think that's going to be a fucking big ass fucking debate of all those films. I know. I'm, I'm fucking excited for that. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait because I mean, none of the films that I've watched with you guys so far or any of you've watched so far are better than Daniel Craig ones. They're all better than any other movie I've ever watched. Fuck you. Did I, did I go a little too heavy? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I uh, fucking, I've not seen the Daniel Craig one yet. He hasn't seen me, does he? Yeah. I, I'm pretty excited for that. Actually, it's going to be very. It's going to be a, a set of interesting discussions. Yeah, I mean, at least one I or think. two of them is going to be like, oh, "This movie's so great, I fucking love it." Me too, man. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll have another fucking Dubs Empire Strikes Back, uh, Return of the Jedi over Empire Strikes Back fucking ranking. Uh, oh, yeah, that was a big old, a big yeah. old time. Hey, are you gonna roll an ad and then we can go into the the post credits? Yes, doing that right now where I could find and um... wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color. We got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past. But sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day, too. If it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. Usually. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so we're in the host credit scene where we do what the hell we've been watching, playing, or doing. Andy's at the first slot, so Andy, you go first. Oh my god! I did a thing um, from where I beat a game. I, I didn't know what I was going to play next, so I like um, I played a little bit of a few things, trying to see what took. So I dipped a toe into Morrowind. Morrowind has a really cool. I mean, I own it on disc, so I could like install it on my computer. But people have completely redone the executable for Morrowind it's called open MW and it just, it fixes everything. Like it makes it, it, it blows up the resolution. It fixes all these glitches. It adds controller support. It adds widescreen support. Ah, It's gorgeous. Looks great. Sounds great. Plays great. I played Morrowind for a bit. Uh, Man, that game's so nostalgic, especially the soundtrack because I played a lot of that when I was in high school, but uh, it didn't quite take, I moved on. I played some other stuff. Uh, I played, the first hour or so of Firewatch, and I could tell what the game was going to be doing. I knew it was going to be like, you know, walk around serious time. And mm-hmm. I had just beat Mist. So I was like, I'll come back to this. I don't want <laughs> to play Firewatch right now, and I don't want to be having heavy thoughts either. So <laughs> Firewatch is that's on the other back burner. I got two back burners. 
So then um, I was playing around on my analog pocket. I actually played um, Frogger and Frogger 2 for the Game Boy and the Game Boy Caller. They're fun. It's Frogger. Did you know Konami owns Frogger? I forgot about that. Yeah. That's weird. It's just weird. Frogger's a Konami game. Everyone's always like, from now on, when everyone's like, oh, man, Silent Hill, Metal Gear Castlevania, I'm going to be like, yeah, Frogger. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want Frogger Redux. Yeah, where's it, the new Froggers? It actually makes perfect sense that Konami owns it because when's the last time a Frogger game's been fucking exactly made? Exactly right, there hasn't been one. <laughs> I was thinking that because I, I, was, I, was, I have Frogger 1 and Frogger 2. Actually, it was um someone at work just like found a bunch of games and was like, Here, you can just have these. And they had Frogger 1 and Frogger 2, so now I do. Um, But then I started playing uh, uh Mario and Luigi superstar saga and like you know like i said i dipped a toe in a morrowind and i you know i, I took a i took a, a a little a little a little sip of uh firewatch man i'm rolling up and smoking this game i'll tell you what this is a good old time <laughs> yeah so that is very different than the other two games you mentioned yeah no it's uh, uh i'd I, smoke I, that game i'd smoke that game uh, <laughs> but uh i've played mario and luigi dream team and loved it but that was a while ago and uh I always meant to. I'm going to go back and play the first one, but and I played Mario RPG last year, so I'm 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 all teed up, ready to go. It's time to do this because Mario RPG begat Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi games, and uh, this game is so much fun. It's just, it it suffers from some of the same problems where it's like people won't shut the fuck up once in a while. Like it's it's always like over explaining things because they want they want it to appeal to young kids as well as older people because it is an RPG. It's a turn-based RPG, is what it is. Yeah, and uh, it's a fun game, man. It's, I, I I know it's been re-released. I could play it on the Switch, and there's like a 3DS version with cleaned-up graphics and everything. But I own it on Game Boy Advance, and I have an analog pocket, and I love this thing to death. God damn, it's cool. So, uh, yeah, this game's fun. I think I'm about at the halfway point. I don't know how long the game is. I just I had to look up something in a uh, walkthrough because I thought I broke the game, but I didn't. And when I looked at the the table of contents for the walkthrough. I was around the halfway point. Um, but yeah, I played a whole bunch of this game and I watched some YouTube shit and I watched the uh, United States Grand Prix and it was a good old time. Who won? Uh, Max Verstappen won. Well, hot have. man. Who would have fucking guessed? I know, right? No, um, there, there has been a whole lot of talk post-race about it because two racers were disqualified for having cars that did not meet the standards of the, the FIA or whatever. It's uh, it's been a whole big thing, but initially um, Max won and he very nearly got beat by Lewis Hamilton who got mm. second and then Lana Norris got third and then fourth was Carlos Sainz. I can't remember who fifth was and sixth was um, Charles Leclerc. And uh, after the race, they choose a bunch of random cars to do inspections on. And uh, they checked Lando, Max, Lewis, and uh, Chuck's car, <laughs> Charles Leclerc's car. And Leclerc and Hamilton's cars got disqualified because there's like a skid plate on the bottom of the car that indicates if it's riding too low. And both of them were just like, it's, you know, if you read into it, which I did because I'm a huge dork, it's like, a question of a centimeter or something like that, but like, they were outside of the rules. So they both got dis fucking qualified and a bunch of people like moved up in the points, including Logan Sargent, who got his first 
<laughs> he had finished 12th. They both got disqualified. He got bumped up to 10th. The Logan Sargent, the only American F1 driver, and also, by the way, the only driver to not score a point so far, finally scored a point on home soil at the U.S. Great Prix. <laughs> so that was really exciting. That's also, funny. There lots of other exciting moments, like um, uh, Yuki Sonoda, who I like a lot, finished 10th. But uh, during the last lap, they brought him into the pits and gave him soft tires so that he could go out and steal the fastest lap from Mercedes real quick, which was really funny, and it worked. It was a good race. I liked it. Like it, People always like, oh, Max won again. Like, yeah, but there's 19 other people out there, and they, there's drama surrounding all of them. And every place from second back is is contested so i don't know it was really interesting i like it. it was also a sprint weekend usually i hate those but uh this has been the best one so far i think it's just i really like circuit of the americas the track in austin it's one of my favorites it's a really good track yeah i have i, f- I feel really bad because i was intending on coming to that and then things happen which I'll, I'll explain uh but my bad i didn't i, I should have mentioned that hey I'm, I'm gonna randomly audible and go do this other thing and I didn't, so my, my bad on that, buddy. That's fine. I mean, no one, no one could make it anyway, so I just kind of watched it on my own. But it was, uh, it was probably a good time because I was in here shouting and yelling and carrying on. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure my wife would have rather me gone. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about in a second because boy, we went down a rabbit hole. But that's, that's for another time in a few minutes. But yeah, I, uh, I, I went, I went in heavy on the USGP. I watched, I even watched practice live. That's, that's how much of a dork <laughs> I am now. Like, <laughs> they broadcast it. I'm going to watch it. I watched an hour of practice. And then, of course, I watched qualifying and the shootout and the sprint and the race. So, but yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, with me, um, I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Uh, Wait, which one? What was first. the first one. Not, like, not the, the original, not the yeah, I don't fucking watch remakes. They're all fucking stupid. It's uh, <laughs> a remake. You, 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 you didn't watch It's a remake. Yeah, yeah, didn't you watch? You didn't want to watch Rorschach become make him into a rapist? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I watched Phantasm again because I love I that movie. Them, and yeah. I'll say yes. <laughs> Just didn't get enough pus. <laughs> <laughs> Must Halloween. Mustard yeah, that's right. I watched uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, and then I also watched Day of the Dead because I wanted oh. my George Romero uh, oh, kick in. Uh, it's so funny. Like I watched Dawn of the Dead, and I'm like, he's talking about consumerism <laughs> because they're in a mall, and you know they also make like a a note that like even though they're dead, their brain is still thinking about products, <laughs> consumerism, and all that. Uh, and I just love how like budgeted that movie is like the, all the practical effects and all that stuff that are in those movies. Like day of the dead is like a bigger budget compared to night of the living dead and then day of the dead. Uh, but it's so fucking cool. Um, uh, playing wise, I played Spider-Man two. Uh, I Nobody like cares. It. <laughs> Son of a bitch! I'm in. <laughs> I like it. It's familiar. Um, in Spider-Man One, uh, it has this almost the same like feel to it. My only problem is is that the flow is getting annoying now. 
where I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm, I'm swinging and shit. I'm beating people up. And I'm like, then I got to walk into this building and, and get like fucking dialogue. Like, oh, my God, like I need to learn about this stuff. And like, is, is there like a rich side quest kind of like, is there a lot of extra shit to do? Yeah. yeah how, how many backpacks are there? Uh, so so you can you can like take a break from the story and, and run off and goof off right yeah, yeah. M- my problem is it's just like <sighs> i like doing that it's just like when i want to do the story because i want to get through the story and then do the side quest because that's what i did in spider-man one i mm. mainlined the storyline um the only thing that like ruined the flow in the first one was mary jane's fucking stealth missions where i'm just like you're just shit. in a prison of your own design, then. Like you know, yeah. Break your rules. I mean, I will say, Dubs. Like I've I've seen a couple of reviews that talk yeah. about what Dubs is saying, and like I think it's one of those things where they made such an awesome game, the <laughs> original Spider-Man. But the problem is, is that the new games, like they're polished visually and they're adding new things, they're giving you a little bit more story, but they're not changing enough of the other parts of the gameplay that make it different enough. And that's not a bad thing, but there are diminishing returns. Is that kind of what you're dealing with, Dubs? We're, no, we're, talking about, of... we're not talking about Starfield. We're talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Spider-Man is, be- like, so far, like, it's intriguing <laughs> because I, I don't want to spoil it for Zach because there's, like, a big storyline that changes as far as, like, a certain character, and I'm just like, oh, wait, so they're going this route with this per- uh, with this thing. And I'm just like, I don't know if I like this yet. Uh, and that's concerning. Are you about how Tony Stark becomes Venom? Is that what you're talking about? No. <laughs> no, Thor isn't so. no uh, anyway. Uh, Not the, Iron Man, just Tony Stark. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, he hasn't become Iron Man yet. It's a different thing. The, so, well, one twist, one I just want to say real quick, a little neat little twist on that game's side quest, though, compared to other games, is there actually you do have to do some side quests because that's how you unlock more of Spider-Man's gear shit. Yeah. If you don't do any side quests, you're pretty much almost not going to get any gear upgrades. Yeah. And- Which that is important. Cause I, the, I, I feel like the first game was deceptively like the combat could get kind of difficult. Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. Railroading your thing. My bad. And it, it what, what I'm talking about, like, yeah, Andy, there is side quests, but like the side quests are kind of like, you have to wait for it too. Sometimes because it'd be like, oh, this this group of people are burning down a fucking building or uh, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, you're Spider Man. So cool. You're supposed to do that stuff. I get I, that. What is a crime? <laughs> yeah, I get that, but it's it's not it's nothing that I could look on a map and be like, oh, I got to go over here to beat these people. Hey, hey Dubs, don't you get it? You're Spider Man with great power becomes great responsibility. You can't just Uncle Ben and his fucking rice. Um. <laughs> But the important the important thing is do do you, do you feel like Spider Man? Uh, I feel like Spider Man and Miles Morales because My- Miles Morales is not Spider Man. Spider Spider Boy, Spider yeah. Spider Bite. They, they need they need to give him a fucking code name. God damn it! I'm he has one. Him. He has one. It's Spin. Have you not watched Spidey and His Amazing Friends on, on Disney Junior? No, they, I don't have fucking they, kids. Well, they, they, literally the very first episode of a short, they're like, "Well, we both can't be Spider-Man," and they're they're like, "Oh, I'll be Spidey, and my code name is Spin," and then what? Ghost Spider is just Ghost Spider. Well, they they explain it. He does a lot of spins. He likes to dance and he spins. So they're like, "I'll call That's myself racist. Spin." That makes, sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, I whatever. Probably, I mean, he can probably dance better than the other Spider-Man. Let's face it. 
<laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, oh, I was going to say something that's real fucked up. I don't want to get canceled. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, what, and also, with Spider-Man 1, like you had the backpacks. In this one, you have like drones and you have uh, fucking watering plants and stuff. And I'm just like... Ugh. I don't want to do that. Like, what is this? Like, why am I watering plants? Why does this matter? Hold on, hold on. Why are you watering plants? I want to know. Yeah, now I'm confused. Like, what? Are you gardening? What, what so, is happening? So this is not a big spoiler. Um, You, oh, Harry's is there. Uh, Harry's there. Fuck it. It's not a big spoiler. Oh, that's not, that's not a big spoiler. He was there yeah. in the first one. Yeah, Harry's there. And he's like, Peter, I got you a job. You can work at the lab. It's called like May and the mother's name. I, th- I forgot the mother's name of Harry. I think it's Emily. I, I forget. Uh, but it's a fa- it's a foundation, and it's a it's a go green foundation to save the planet kind of thing. Um, and okay. you're you're watering plants, and it's remember when you went to Doc Ock and you had to go like <laughs> do the the DNA bullshit. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of the DNA bullshit, you're fucking bringing the pre- periodic table <laughs> on the on things. And there's no skip button. There's no, like, I want to get past this. Now I have to put the little blocks there to fucking uh, water the plants because you have to know what plants you're watering. And I'm just like, this is fucking annoying. And I don't want to do this. this is, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. I want to I want to double J. I want to uh, fucking annoy Jeff him. Jarrett? Yeah. <laughs> Jonah Jameson. Uh, <laughs> Shit, a wild slap nuts appears. I watched a funny video about that. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> but what I mean by the pacing is like, you, in the beginning, you face this person. It's a fucking amazing intro, by the way. I, the best part of like a video game opening that I've seen in a long time. Once you do that, then you're just like, oh, you're with Harry, and then you're having flashbacks of sneaking into a school to get a USB drive. And I'm just like, I do not fucking care about this. And then you go to Harry's foundation thing and you're walking around and you have to click on this item, this item, this item. I don't care about all that stuff. I want to go back to swinging. Yeah, you yeah. you just got to stop doing the story then and just go fucking swing around when you're in periods where you can just free game do that because you're going to get annoyed by that stuff that you're but you don't want to watch it later. No, that's a, play it. Hear me out, though. You're going to get annoyed, but you're going to miss a plot detail that matters. And then when shit goes down and there's like something that was relevant, you're going to be like, well, why the fuck did this happen? And it's because you missed that critical piece and whatever nonsensical YouTube flashback. Just fucking YouTube the fucking. Uh, just, <laughs> hold on. Just stop playing the game. Just Google <laughs> Spider Man 2 ending explained. I'll just there watch you go. The VTuber playing on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I watch this anime bitch with triple D titties play it. That's real. But, She's like a demon or something. I don't know. She's playing Spider-Man. But we were talking about this in the Facebook Messenger. It was like, why does like gaming today have to be this like movie experience where it's like you have this cert, uh, you're playing the game and then it makes you go into like a slow walk and then no yeah i know what you're saying and yeah. i get kind of irritated by that too sometimes where they make you play these segments where you just like Oh, you slow down and you just look at shit instead. Pet the dog. Oh my god, I pet the dog. I'm like, yeah. oh, I want to pet them dogs. I know. First sometimes- off, hey, first off, don't don't do that because God of War, you know you wanted to fucking pet Fenrir. Nah, I wanted to <laughs> shoot him. <laughs> what? Whoa! Oh man! No, oh goodness, you're you're a terrible like, person. 
There's shit <laughs> like in you know climbing the ladder in, in Metal Gear Solid Three or, or shit, but um, that's few and far between now. Now a lot of times it's like, all right, I'm just going to slow the game's pacing down, stop, and you're just going to walk around look at fucking trees or some shit. No, the, the thing in Metal Gear Solid Three that's earned, and yeah, exactly, yeah. The thing about this is, if your game is good, if the story is all inspiring, if the surroundings look nice. I'm going to slow down of my own accord and look around and enjoy what's going on and listen to the characters talk. You need to make a good enough game to engage me that way. I cannot stand when they make you slow down. Like you're saying, like you, yeah. there's no longer a run. It's only a walk. And the developers say, Oh no, you, you gotta listen to the story. We wrote. It's, I don't give a fuck about this. I want to get to the next part. It's make like a good the, story and I'll walk. You won't it, have to tell me to walk. I'll walk. It makes me think a, a good example of that is The Last of Us, at least for yes. recent games. Yes, like, great example, yeah. Like, Last of Us has bits where they make you do certain things, but there's also good bits where they give a lot of explanation and, like, there's stuff there, and you can roam and see it. If you don't want to see it, you don't have to, but you get a yeah. lot of info if you do. Yeah, whenever um, Joe and Ellie are talking, you can, like, explore or run around or do whatever you want, or you can stand around and enjoy that conversation or look at the scenery or do whatever you want, and you want to do it. It's earned. The, the, the yeah. game is good. It earned that. It, well, it also envelops, like, it's it's one of those things that synergizes with itself because as you're listening to that, your bond to the characters increases because, again, you're spending more time investing yourself in the way they treat each other. And then that makes the ending that that much better or worse, depending on how you feel about it. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Your own movie director. Like, you're playing a game. Yeah. You're playing the game. You're directing the game. Uh, one of the times – I here we go. We're going to talk about Tim Rogers again. One of the times I realized I was going to like Tim Rogers is I was I've watching – I let her kill me. Uh, <laughs> I was watching that video. I was watching the Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake video, and he said he was annoyed by the fact that when you get to the Shinra president's office – he was trying to make Cloud walk slowly into the building, like in a dramatic way. And all of your NPC teammates are like doing weird short sprints around you, like ruining, <laughs> ruining the illusion. <laughs> and oh, when yeah. you said that, I was like, oh, I hate when that happens in games because I do that too. Like I'm, I'm like a huge, huge dork, and I'll, I'll get into that mindset sometimes where I'm directing my own movie in the game and i'll like you know slow down and do something dramatic or i'll i'll do something that seems in character it's a video game i'm playing it by myself no one's watching it's just me but you still kind of get in that and that's what i mean like the game earns that it makes me want to do that but when the game makes me slow down and walk alongside a character who's explaining to me how i'm gonna water flowers for the next 40 minutes no 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 no, no, no. i agree i <laughs> know oh, i agree a game should be designed to be played at the pace you want to play it at yeah, it, it, the intent of if you want to move through. So I agree with you, Dub. I was going to give you a bunch of shit and tell you you don't have to play the game if you don't want to. But but no, in reality, you're right. Like it's it shouldn't be forced to go through a bunch of stuff because it's filler, right? Like that's that's what they're doing. They're forcing it's, a lot of filler. It's oh, very look how artsy. long our game is. Whoa! It's yeah. very artsy bullshit. Like not David Lynch Archie, but artsy. Uh, but like it's just like this could be a side quest. Like if I want to learn about the foundation and stuff. Like that could have been like, hey, you can go here and learn a little bit about more or I don't know, do like Resident Evil stuff where I go to a computer and like read it <laughs> and do it that way. But the reason why it's done the way it is is because of common denominators, because the lowest common denominator is that smooth brain that if they don't see it, 
and be forced to do it, they won't do it. And then if something's not explained, then it's going to get review bombed or a bunch of people are going to be like, oh, I didn't like this because they didn't spoon feed it to me. Mm-hmm. When, which, which is ironic because, again, you look at some of the better games over the last five to ten years. I go back to Dark Souls in the series, which is a game that literally fucking explains nothing. And it just is like, well, you fucking figure it out. And it's like the best thing ever because you just have to just, you have to like read so much fucking information just to try to maybe understand the lore behind the world you're in. Or you just, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to go slash a bunch of demons, whatever. And that's also and a that's great why. example of you're directing your own movie when you play Dark Souls big time. 100%. It's fantastic. I love it. I will say this like, Spider Man 1, like when you get to the Mary Jane thing, like, it's spaced out where like you have enough swinging time and all that stuff. And it, it, and even when you're like Peter Parker, not doing the MJ scenes, like it's, it's, it's short enough to be like, okay, they gave me exposition. We're moving on. Like it, it was, you per- little, it gives you a little break. Yeah. It, 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 it's paced well in the first one so far. I'm like 15% into the game and I'm already like, Oh my god! Why am I stopping? Like I want to get, I want to go forward into the story because I want to know what this character is doing and why Miles Miles is doing this scene and stuff. And here I am being like, I need to go into the school to steal this USB drive because it's memories and it's leading to him working with Harry in the foundation. And I'm like, this is so early in the game, and I'm just like, it. I'm an adult. Like I, I guarantee, like someone that's uh, uh, in high school or a kid, they're just like fucking loving this. Is like it's amazing. And me, that doesn't have enough a, a lot of time. I'm just like, can we move this along? <laughs> like, stop it. I don't have all night to fucking learn about plants and shit. But I'll, I'll digress on that. Uh, so far, I'm having a fun time. Uh, the combat's good. The upgrades are good. The costumes are good. Like that's the number one thing that I like doing in this game is collecting all the costumes. Um, I played NHL uh, with my friend uh, Josh, which is the sweet D on on Twitch TV, uh, and we're owning asses. And I won't go into that. <laughs> we're not. Uh, I'm not going to uh, into that anymore because it's boring. It's sports ball. Oh, I was waiting for you to complain about that for 30 minutes, too. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, and uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. You, you fucking sidetracked me, you bitch. Got him. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to start writing down stuff because I'm actually doing stuff. Now. Oh, I, I guess I'll kind of short br- bring this up. I'm planning my days now. Um, I, ha- I go in the iPad and I plan out... I time slot all my activities now, <laughs> like like an OCD for you. Big shot yep. now. Actually, yeah. good for you, man. That's actually not a bad thing to do in life. Shit, dude. sometimes yes. we gotta organize our lives in some way. Something because yeah, I'm like I'm gonna play yeah. games at this time. I'm gonna read at this time. I'm gonna go to work. <laughs> like, I need to like have that visually. Uh, and so far, it's been helping me. And I've been waking up at 7:30 a.m. every night. Even if I go to bed at two or three a.m. in the morning, I wake up at 7:30 a.m. So. Yeah, it's cool. Yep. Other than that, let's move on to Zach. <clears throat> okay. So I've been watching a bunch of stuff because uh, I got sick last week. I have no idea what happened to me. I think I caught some kind of like weird stomach virus or something. You need COVID. <clears throat> COVID? 
I don't know. That or lupus. It's what I was taught in medical school. Okay. I won't get into details about it, but I think I'm finally <laughs> over it now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was I was watching Law and Order SVU. I watched like three or four episodes of that because that's what happens when I get sick. I watch people get raped and murdered, and people yell about it. <laughs> I feel better. I feel yeah. better when that, those things happen. I like victims. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then I was like, you know what? I should watch Dragon Ball Super. I haven't watched Dragon Ball Super. So I started watching Dragon Ball Super instead. And uh, I'm 25 episodes in. Oh, sweet. Uh, That's yeah. about as far as I got. And so you're I'm, like, I'll finish this later. And so you're like, Frieza Saga? No, like, the Frieza shit right now. Yeah. Um, then you're further than me. Hey, never mind. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like he's fighting. He just started fighting Goku. And Vegeta's like, fucking quit fucking around and fight seriously. Oh, you're about to say like the best moment, yeah. and then like immediately ripped away. But if you watched the movie, you already know. So I already know. I've watched the movie. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm liking it so far. I'm liking it so far. I've noticed though, you know, watching this show, even though it's, I'm just like 25 episodes in or whatever, uh, it's interesting because it's definitely got more of a humorous bent to it than what Dragon Ball Z ever had. Like there was, don't get me wrong, there was episodes of Dragon Ball Z that were kind of funny or they they goofed off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in Super, there's like just more humor in general. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I kind of I chalk it up to Toriyama being older now. That's what I thought too. I had the same feeling. It was like hey, you know he's probably getting older, and he's like, yeah, this is funny. That's funny. I, I mean, think the, it would be the funny. Next, if the, the next series is just Dragon Ball Babies now. Like he's just going to make it even stupider. He's regressing. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dragon Ball was about you know the silly adventures of a fucking hilljack named Goku, and like you know. And now it's like we, we Z was super serial for a while, especially during like the the Android Cell Saga and shit. Oh yeah, we hit an edgy phase. It got it got really edgy. And then like, yeah. then it got kind of humorous at in the Boo Saga at certain points. Like especially like Goku's fighting the the Boo that's going to destroy all the worlds. And they're like biting each other and pulling each other's hair and shit, making silly faces. I like when he uses his head thing and he makes him into the the pop. Yeah, but yeah, um, I, I'm enjoying it though. Anyway, uh, despite all that, I, I've laughed out loud at a few a few gags and jokes. Uh, so they're they're getting me. Oh, they get better actually as you watch it. The like I will say, there's a hidden gem in in the Goku Black saga. If you get that far, they're like there's there's the obvious meme thing. Oh, don't shoot him. He's not black. No, like that. Heard that. <laughs> that, that's, that's like an overrun meme. It is funny in the context, but no, there's a much better joke. I'm not going to tell you at all what it is, okay. but it's you've probably heard it, but it's great. I, I When you get to it, I'm hoping you'll bring it up and we'll talk about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, and if you like get past that and you're like, what was it? I'll, I'll tell you then, but it's just a really funny bit to me. It was hilarious. I, I, I will say uh, I am liking certain directions it's, it's taken to like how it's it's given vegeta more more good points and wins uh I, I like that you know uh and uh uh i also like that they kind of dropped a lot of the 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 power hierarchy they they had before a little bit that's interesting too uh it's not all about hard power levels anymore mm-hmm. uh that that's better cuz it means everybody everybody can be used Anybody can be useful at some point. That that's that's cool. Yeah, uh, that just gets better and better, especially at tournament of power. Yeah, that's uh, what I heard. Uh, I, I heard about a lot of things that happened there. But mm-hmm. um, I also watched movies, though. Uh, I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Five and Six. 
Uh, Watch my favorite one, part six. Part six. Okay, I was going to say, like, five was kind of continuing off of what they did in four, uh, which they're, they're trying to have more of a coherent running story, I think, starting with part four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, uh, with Tommy. Yeah, and, like, I mean, it's still pretty good at that point. And then six is where I finally feel like, okay, this is what I know everything about this whole franchise actually really comes into play here. Six. Yeah, when you realize how ridiculous he is and that's what you think about, it's because of six. Because, oh, he, just got, he was dead, but the guy couldn't let it go. And he got struck by lightning, and now he's fucking God. He's a zombie. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a fucking zombie God. He's, like, super strong and super fast. He can teleport and shit. Yep, that's all from six. It's great. And I, I was like, well, the thing is, though, is I didn't realize it t- It takes this long to get to that point. I was really surprised by that. I don't know. I, I guess it's just because I never watched those movies before. I just assumed it was kind of like always that way. No. <laughs> so, uh, it's I like six, I think, the most so far out of all of them. Uh, yeah. I've still got a few more to do. But uh, so far, I'm still I'm enjoying it for what it is. <laughs> And then I watched uh, a bunch of child's play movies because there's this Chuck, there's a Chucky TV show now apparently. Oh, and really? Heard, yes, and I've heard it's pretty good. So I don't know. I guess I'm geared up to maybe potentially watch it. And uh, I've not seen Child's Play one in a super long time, and I, I saw two a super super long time ago, and I, I couldn't remember a damn thing about it. So. I was basically kind of watching these again for the first time. And uh, the first movie's pretty decent, actually. <laughs> like, when it's like, oh, killer doll. Oh, yeah, you get over that a little bit. Fucking don't think about it too hard. Uh, like, with a lot of movies in this genre. <laughs> he just won't fucking die. That's what's so fucking scary about it. He's that's like, chopping him into bits. And he's like, that's fucking what's, that's what's funny about it is, like, you, you ask that question a lot. It's like, how's this guy not fucking dead? And like it's like in the second one, he comes back again. They rebuild his doll, and somehow it revives him. And it's like just a little bit after the first movie took place, so it's it's picking back up off of that. Basically, same kid. Yeah, the trilogy's like here. the same like trauma and all that nonsense. Yeah, and then it's they just like, get off just with a doll. Kinda like the first three movies revolve around uh, Andy and the you know Charles Lee Ray and the doll and shit. In uh, the third movie, uh, I like the first two about the same like i like the first one a little bit more than the second one but they're, they're solid uh the third one though was like almost fucking boring like god damn it i almost lost interest watching it because it was just so drawn out it, it feels like they really ran out of gas after that second one it's like how do you stretch this any further or the, the, the damn thing comes back again and then andy's in a military school and it takes way too long to get to the point where it's like he's wreaking havoc again <laughs> but uh for the show, a long, long time ago, Dubs and I watched Bride of Chucky. That movie's hilarious. Yeah, and I was going to say, I watched Bride of Chucky. Hell yeah! There you yeah. go. You got there. Yeah, <laughs> that that one, Bride of Chucky. I, huh? I'm, I'm asking Anthony, uh, Andy. Not Anthony, that's my brother. Uh, was it Bride of Chucky? I think it was different. I think it was like a newer Chucky. Was it? I don't know. I thought that's what it was called. Bride of Chucky was a 90s one. There was also Seed of Chucky when they had the baby. That one? I don't know. I don't know I if don't you guys remember, remember. baby. Oh, no, this movie's just got ridiculous after Bride. I, yeah. of course, na- because of the namesake, I've, I've had to watch all these at one point or another. Uh, it got better again, though, because they, they went the other direction and they, they got silly. 
silly. That's that's, yeah. Yeah, that's where it gets. Interesting. That's the way so, to do it. Get campy as fuck. Yeah. And uh, kind of like uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the sillier it got, the better it got. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had some good laughs watching that one. That one was pretty solid. I think I might like that one as much as the first one. Uh, maybe a little bit more, but for different reasons. Uh, then I watched Hereditary because I needed to watch it again to refresh myself for my my, my post, my, my curated post in the, the movie nights group. Uh, and I still actually like that movie better ha- after having watched it again. <laughs> Whoa. It, it was so, Cult of Chucky, by the way. Cult of Chucky, whichever. Well, that yeah. one's funny. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the last one that came out, I think. Most recent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hereditary is great. If you've never seen it, fucking watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going a big diatribe about that. Cause I th- did we talk about it on the show? Yeah, I watched it, and I brought it up. I watched a ton of like horror movies that were on my list. We talked about Hereditary for a good bit. Uh, well, that movie is so strange, but in a good way. It is like just you just cannot expect where it's going to go. No, I mean no, not the first time you watch it. <laughs> nope, not at all. I was like, oh, I'm I'm in for this as a ride. Uh, uh, also, I didn't really get to play much shit because I was just so out of sorts in terms of like what was going on with my illness. Uh, I did finish reading uh, Deathstroke Volume 1, which was a compiled uh, amount of issues from 91 to 92 uh, when they gave Deathstroke his own comic. And uh, after having finished it, it was pretty good stuff. Uh, I think Marv Wolfman was the writer, and he wrote a lot of Teen Titans stuff, like New Teen Titans and all that. Uh, And it was just good, like, mercenary, jet-setting, kind of, like, getting into fights kind of stuff in general. Uh, the artwork was great, too. Good, good early 90s, like, solid lines, uh, good detail, good architecture. There's no lazy-ass fucking shit in there like you see nowadays where they just get a 3D model and drop it in. <laughs> um I'd, I have to say the coolest part was like uh, this, the story. Well, there was a story where like this guy dressed up as his other son who was like, uh, I think it was, he was the ravager or whatever. And he died. Uh, he, he like took a serum to try to be like a death stroke, but better, but it, it just like ate him up from the inside out and it killed him. <laughs> he took a limitless pill and became like a husk, I guess is the best way to describe it. But, <laughs> uh, but it, this guy was posing as some as the Ravager again, but he's like, he's dead. I, I saw him die. And it was somebody else from his past or some shit that was fucking with him. Uh, it basically tried to ruin his life. It was it, That was like the longest story in the whole uh, collection. Um, but the coolest one, though, is when he goes to Gotham City and then, like, he ends up fighting Batman for, like, a couple times trying to, like, he gets tangled up in, like, this, this mob shit and... Uh, GCPD trying to like get somebody for like a witness or something. Uh, it's that's cool stuff too. Cause you know, anytime Deathstroke and Batman interact, it's like interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, good stuff. I recommend it. Uh, that's everything I did. All right. Jazz, you're up. All right. Well, I've been dead for a while. I guess now. Um, met a lot of cool people. Yeah. I'm back. That's pretty much it. 
<laughs> so, were you in Earth's Hill where you were tormented by fluffy bunnies and fairies and shit? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I was hanging out with Frieza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was in the cocoon. It's like I hate this, Goku. <laughs> uh, so, um. Uh, my test and stuff was over. I did a ton of studying for that shit, and I won't know anything until December, which sucks, but that just is what it is. But uh, never mind any of that. Uh, we're free of that nonsense. Um, so I, it was like a weird thing. I went to take the test. I had to take it in Virginia, but I went to visit some friends a while afterwards and um just ended up like in some shenanigans while I was there and then drove to Florida. So they try to convince me to play uh, in a magic tournament and I was going to do it. I was kind of drunk and I actually met like the play group I used to hang out with, uh, with my friends. Uh, some other people had joined their group and it turns out one of those guys happened to go to his first pro tour in magic and he won it. And he won, he's like the la- the latest pro tour champion uh, which is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, he was even like, yeah, you can just borrow a deck for me and, and go play and hang out. And I wanted to, but I was like, uh, I really have to go to Florida. So instead I drove to Florida, but on my way to Florida, I left like ass early and stopped in South Carolina and played and won a Pokemon challenge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just randomly. Yeah. Just showed up like, with a place in South Carolina and just like just shredded it. It was great. Uh, so I got that, but I don't know if I'm going to, like, it's weird. Like Pokemon's in a weird spot. Like I, I, so like I have to grind so much and all the events in this year are like West coast. Like I have to fly across country several times to even attempt to do all this. I, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. I might just stick more to the collecting part. And then if I have a few like times to go play casually with friends or if I get to go to one of the bigger events like once maybe but I, I don't know if i can do all the extra stuff uh especially with just the hell life is at the moment but uh that said i went to florida had had a lot of fun with the family we went to disney world um evie got to dress up uh, get to do the whole princess thing and there was a cool thing where we went to like, you know if you go to disney you can go to see cast members they can go and like stay in line and meet a princess well right now they're doing their thing where it's halloween and with Halloween stuff, like there's special attractions and stuff that are going on that don't happen any other time of year. So a lot of people were trying to rush all that. Well, we were able to like ride a bunch of rides with no wait instead of standing in line for an hour to meet someone we could just meet later in the night without having to wait. Yes. So that's what we did. But she, while the fireworks were happening, we'd already seen them. So we went and met princesses. And instead of just waiting in line to like meet someone for a minute, get rushed out and just get us like a, a hug and a picture, she got to hang out with the princesses for like an accumulated like 20 minutes. And she got to play. We have a video of her playing hide and seek with Cinderella. And it's like the most adorable thing. <laughs> so like that's like a thing I'll have now that she'll like treasure you know, as we show it to her. She's older. But um, anyway, uh, the one neat thing I got to do, I'll, sh- I'll just move the camera, just confuse everyone and disorient them, um, is I got characters to sign stuff. We got signatures. So some of them are straightforward. Like the character we met is who signed it. What's yeah. really cool is this version of the Mickey Mouse that I have on camera. That was actually signed by Mickey dressed as a wizard. And this Stitch was signed by Stitch dressed as Elvis, <laughs> which is super cool because, like, they only come out in Halloween. So um, got these, like, unique cards that are kind of neat that got signed. Um, 
and I'm a big dork, but it is what it is. So anyway, I came back. This is where it ties into me apologizing about the, the Grand Prix thing. And the same friends were actually coming up here because I found out my local in Ohio happens to be like a big hub for magic. And now we're con and other stuff. They're having this big event. Um, and unfortunately, I couldn't play in the first Orcana event um, because I had to qualify for it. And because of the trip and testing and stuff, I didn't get to. But they had a qualifier. For Magic, I just decided to show up and I borrowed someone's deck and I'm now qualified for the U.S. Regional Championship in Magic. So I guess I'm playing Magic again. I don't know how that works. but uh, Then the following day, I went and I played in another Orkana event that was there that I could play in. It was a 1K and I managed to get top four in that. I actually lost to the guy that invented the deck that I'm playing. He's ranked number seven in the like on the Pixelborn ladder board. Uh, leaderboard he and i like had active conversations in discord about this deck and like helped like t- tune it and tweak it and we're playing in game two where i was like you look familiar he's like yeah and they're like we're like trading discord names and we're like oh okay yeah now we get this now we know each other and it was kind of awkward but funny um but yeah no i had a lot of a lot of fun i got to see a lot of old friends because there were a lot of old pros for magic that we're into so that was kind of cool um so that was why i didn't get to come see you and watch the, the Grand Prix with you. I went to that. I'm sorry. But, but yeah. Uh, I'm over it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you can see your other friends, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, and then, of course, I'm, I'm going to attempt to try to play in another Magic event this, this weekend. Suzanne is not happy about all this, but it is what it is. That's going to be even uh, more expensive. Well, you'd think so, but I've won so much money already in store credit by playing in the events that I have played in that I was able to, one, I've been borrowing decks. I'm not even like buying what I did, but uh, I actually was able to build the, the deck I need for the next thing I go to. And the regionals are not until like, like I think December or January or something. So yeah, I, yeah, I've accumulated like seven eight hundred dollars in store credit at this place because of the how i've placed at the last like events i've went to so it actually kind of worked out in a weird way um but anyway i'm hopeful things will go well there uh as far as things i've actually watched um like like random like slew of just anime stuff uh and a lot of it was like kind of filler for while i was doing other things i didn't want to like get too enveloped in something that was completely new I guess something I didn't mention, I, I should probably should tie back in there, um, to get hyped again for uh, the stuff. I watched, uh, rewatched most of Attack on Titan again. Man, that that show, or that like series was fantastic to watch the second time through, knowing all the intricacies of it. Again, I, I don't know if push it as far as anime, like, I, I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's so good. It's one of those weird things where, like, layer one is like it just seems like edgelord nonsense, but seriously, it is so good and intricate. It's got a much deeper plot than people realize. Uh, but uh, maybe that's me with my my own head up my ass. But it is what it is. Um, then uh, I watched Chainsaw Man again. That's uh, a wild ride. It's fun. It's pretty short. And then I'm currently like episode. I think I'm episode seventeen of Full Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, enough to where I've already watched the traumatizing episodes, you know, the one where the guy morphs his daughter and his dog into a homunculus and you're like, <laughs> fuck, and then, or chimera rather. And then, uh, and then the, the one where the guy gets shot and the girl's like, no, why are you putting dirt on daddy? He needs, he has work to do. And it's like, that's like the most tragic thing ever. And fuck with me. Sorry if I spoiled that for anybody, but it is, it's been out for a while. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Last few things. Um, 
we had a random like song come on on the radio and it like i hit huge nostalgia beast did you guys ever watch the 80s early 90s tv show chippendale rescue rangers oh yeah yeah, Remember yeah, that song? Right yeah so uh we heard the song and i was like man i haven't heard that in forever so we came back home and we watched that uh and evie was a little scared of it but initially <laughs> kind of warmed up to it so we watched a few episodes of that and we also watched the goofy movie Another thing that happened at Disney was uh, we're really big into Powerline right now. Yeah, Powerline, did you? Uh, we, well, it's it's not quite, but yes. Uh, there We have a video of Evie dancing next to uh, – they have like a – not a flash mob, but like just a random group that was with Max who's dressed as Powerline. And they're yeah. even carrying a boombox around. And they just show up and decide to start dancing out of nowhere, like just right in the middle of like the area. Uh, so there's a, we were there right when it happened and Evie's like watching them in her little princess outfit, like jamming and dancing. It's funny. Um, but yeah, we watched the goofy movie. Um, we're big into that right now. So I feel like I'm doing the, the dad stuff, right? But yeah, it's, it's been fun, but I'm glad to have be home now. I've got a ton of video games I want to catch up on that. I've had zero time to, to do. I'm finally going to try to, but, but yeah, that's, that's my stuff. Yeah, I just want to mention when, because uh, I mentioned it last episode, me and Chaz met up at uh, Disney Springs. When I was leaving, uh, there was a drunk guy <laughs> trying to get back in, but I guess they kicked him out because he was too drunk. And he <laughs> he he went up to the security guard. He's like, watch what I'm going to do. I'm not drunk. And then he like, it looked like he was going to walk forward, but he he did like an Eddie Gordo move where he like fucking landed on his head, <laughs> but his feet like almost kicked the security guard Tekken three capoeira yeah. <laughs> that's good yeah no we did meet up uh one of the nights that were there had fun had some drinks and uh yeah finally got to meet for the first time that was kind of cool uh so yeah. we're gonna, gonna meet these two guys yeah we gotta get you up here and to our our homeland yep and uh, that, three west virginians now i guess that matters i no longer live in ohio so. Finally came back to the other side. Good I'm job. back to the motherland, no longer in Mordor. <laughs> Middle Earth. All right. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to end the show. Uh, PP Dubs will uh, get get us out. Um, I don't know if you guys have been like listening. Listen to the episodes. It's PP Dubs is not just me. I'll give you a hint on that. So go listen to it. But until next time, guys, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. Silencio. I have a question for God. Why? <laughs> wow. I do not know if I want to be a star anymore. I do not want to self-delete myself from all that stress and depression. Anyways, you catch more Big Trouble in Little Podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Give the boys a good review and write them a review. Or not, I won't tell you what to do. You can also catch them on Twitter or X at Big Trouble Net. Next episode, it's the holiday season, and they will be talking about the movie The Polar Express. All aboard. <laughs>